This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, and I am here with, oh, man, usually I say the only two twins, but it's not like that anymore. Shout out to Jason. We miss you, Jason. Um, we, I watched football with Jason last week. It was it was wonderful. We watched the Jets come back. But today, we have Jason's actual twin in real life, and uh, the the football version twin of uh, football cognoscente, um, th- that version of the twin, we got Mike and we got Matt. Uh, what's up, boys? What up, Tim? What up, what up? I've had stronger intros. Uh, yeah, for so, sure. So, uh, listen, I'm, uh, you might have not already figured this out, but I am under the weather. My disgusting 15-month-old son, uh, who is the grossest human being on earth, but it's adorable, um, he just cannot stop just eating everything. He's just, like, in the park. He runs after the community, like, they got a, the community, like, stuff, and he always wants the – he never wants his stuff. He always wants the community stuff, and he just – eats everything puts it in his mouth so he he gets a, he obviously gets sick gets my wife sick he, i come home from work it's adorable he comes and hugs me he he like bites me that's like but like without his teeth that's like his version of kissing but he slobbers all over my face it was just a matter of time um but you know it's just a regular common old cold those those exist still but if i uh if i sound weird uh that's why how the hell are you guys doing uh the people without sicknesses that they're battling i'm pretty good, fine man. yeah no complaints. Yeah, I'm always excited to be here on the pod on a, you know, a good day talking good football with good people. Yeah, man. And uh, as the uh, as it goes, you know, as the the tradition goes, we're gonna be watching the Thursday night game as we record this. So this is the Thursday preview without the Thursday night game. If you want to get the preview of the Thursday night game, that is on the exclusive waiver podcast for the patrons. Uh, it is one of many benefits that you get if you are a patron uh, for for this wonderful uh, company here called Brodo Fantasy. Go to patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. And with that, you can receive an extra episode, which is the waivers and the Thursday Night Football Preview. You can get the DFS Optimizer by Cass. You get, at, you get uh, access to the Discord. And tons and tons and tons extra access to Brodo Leagues. We're going to be doing our start sit on the show. The only start sit we answer is for the patrons. Um, yeah. 
It's, I mean, what else, what else do you need? But there's also some more. We actually were plotting some extra stuff for you guys uh, as we were getting ready to record this. So uh, a little preview. There might be another perk coming pretty soon. Um, I will say no one's going to know what I'm talking about except us three. So this is a stupid thing to say, but I'm going to say it. Michael, if this perk does happen, what you're doing right now, unacceptable. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> oh my god, what is going on with your with your volume? My god, man, you are yelling into the microphone. You get just scared. just whoever's in the car just got scared out of their seats. This is supposed to be for children, Michael. What is wrong with I you? mean, I'm talking at a a normal a normal volume, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into this uh let's get into NFL player news. Uh let's get right into it. And just a reminder, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. I know that's the first thing you hear every time now. You know, we got to do our marketing. Uh, but I got to tell you again, because it's absolutely free. All right? It's free. There's no reason not to have it. Become your own expert. What we're going to tell you, every every number we use can be found, well, almost every number we use can be found at the Brodo, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Period. Uh, with that being said, uh, you know when it comes to Brodo, you are not hearing the news unless you are hearing Mr. Donnie H. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Oh, man, Donnie H. He brightens my day every day. Um, but Good old Donnie H. You know what it is, though, about Donnie H, man? He usually brings bad news because the news is usually injury-related. Uh, so, uh, actually, Donnie H, uh, you know, maybe maybe sit a couple out. Was that blasphemy just now? All right, uh, let's get into the good news. Don't you dare. Uh, yeah, don't you dare. Keenan Allen, uh, he remained limited in Thursday's pra- practice with a hamstring. Uh, look, I don't. you know these soft in- tissue injuries, they linger. If I'm the Chargers, I'm giving Keenan Allen as much time as he needs to get healthy. Uh, in the meantime, I have some other guys that are decent receivers that I can, that I can throw to. They're not Keenan Allen, but you don't want – a quarter of Keenan Allen and then him get getting re-injured. With that being said, he might play this week. Uh, are you? Would you be scared of a re-injury considering the nature of the the injury? Man, Keenan yeah. Allen is look. He's a veteran. He's what 29, 30 years old at this point. If he says he's good to go, he's good to go. I don't. I don't care. Like I'm playing him if he's playing. It's simple as I, that. I agree with Mike there, but that wasn't really the question. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mike no, I believe him if, they, if he says for, he's good sure, to go. A little bit. So you're so you're scared personally of re-injury, Matt? Yeah, a little bit for sure. And I mean, of course, like I, I agree with Mike 100% there. If they say he's good to go, and I feel that way about most NFL players, to be honest, man. If the coaching staff and the medical staff and that player says, like, I'm suiting up, I'm ready to go, and, you know, sometimes they're not honest about the snap allocation, and sometimes they are like a limited snap share or whatever it may be. But if they say they're going to play and they're a star like Keenan Allen is, then you're putting them in your lineup. All right, let's get into some more positive news. J.K. Dobbins remained a full par- full participant in Thursday's practice. That means he got he practiced Wednesday, he practiced Thursday, he practiced last week. They were just being precautious with him. the The Ravens' running game has been non-existent outside of Lamar Jackson. Like uh, Kenyon Drake has been a absolute mess. Mike Davis looks like a fullback at this point, and. J.K. Dobbins would be a welcome relief, uh, but they don't want to. They obviously know that they need him for the stretch run. Um, what about for what about for fantasy teams, Michael? Or is this a guy? Is this a situation where I'm starting him as soon as he gets back, kind of thing? Uh, we discussed J.K. Dobbins last week, and I basically have the same exact thoughts. Um, I wouldn't want to play him his first week back just because 
He'll likely be limited after missing an entire season plus with a really bad knee injury. But um, I still think he'd have some flex appeal because, like you said, Kenny and Drake and company, they were even worse week two than they were week one. They desperately need running back help, so I think that does help a little bit if you have J.K. Dobbins. Seeing how bad that running back position has played, they clearly need um, some help there. It, it just can't be Lamar Jackson being the entire offense every single week. So I think he'd uh, slot in more as a flex play the first week back, but would certainly be a welcome addition. Justin Herbert practiced on Thursday. Uh, he remains limited. I haven't really heard much about Justin Herbert uh, in like the ether of the news, so I'm, I'm guessing that he's going to play. He, I mean, if it's a pain management thing, he seems like a tough enough guy where I'm not really worried about this uh, affecting his stat line. Matt, where are you on Herbert if he plays this week? Oh, I mean, it's the same disposition that I have with guys like Keenan Allen. Um, I would never think about not starting Justin Herbert or benching Herbert for that matter. He's in my lineup every week unless he has a bye week. One of the guys that I'm, could... I, the, the, I'm not so concerned about what the injury is because it's not like a mobility injury. It is a rib um, cartilage fracture, I guess. I guess you can fracture your cartilage. I was going to say, well. like, how do you even do that? That's what I mean. Like, so it's a very weirdly specific injury. I think they're just downplaying the fact that he has straight up fractured ribs. Right. Um, but it's something that, you know, with a flak jacket on it, it certainly is a pain management thing. But we've seen a hundred quarterbacks come in with the same injury and perform just fine. It's interesting. It's, it's very interesting. You know what else is interesting? We're, as you know, we're watching the Thursday game. They still cut to commercials, even though this is a prime video and it's all Amazon Prime shows. Like, yo, this should be some, like, we have to pay for Amazon Prime. This should be some extra, like, hey, let's show you what's going on in the sidelines over here, or let's get the inside scoop over here. And instead, I'm watching about, like, fucking Chloe Mentz Wartz, or whatever her name is in her, in her new show. <laughs> like, Chloe that, Grace Moretz. Whatever, bro, man. I don't on. care about her new show. Show me some shit on the sidelines. Anyway, um, Leonard Fournette, <laughs> Leonard Fournette um, si- uh, limited on Thursday. Uh, I think it's. I think it's pretty obvious he's going to play. Right now, everyone's hurt, so keep your keep your probably workhorse this week on the sideline uh, so that he can actually play. Um, so yeah, Leonard Fournette, I'm 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 he's a locked in RB one easily, probably top 100%. six RB for me this this week. We're going to talk it more about him later, noting. right? Yes, yes. So yeah, let's yeah. let's talk about him later. Um, Dalton Schultz did not practice on Thursday. Uh, the Cowboys offense was surprisingly good last week. You got to wonder if they can keep it up though. Uh, I just picked up Cooper Rush in a, in the Broto unlimited league where my team is an absolute disaster. I am like, I've got like the I, I put up like 65 points last week. It was horrible. Um, but uh, if Dalton Schultz goes down, it's CeeDee Lamb and, and nobody else. Um, you know, the, you're not waiting. Are you waiting for Schultz? Is Schultz even been good enough for you to be waiting for him? He's playing on Monday Night Football, or are you pivoting? What? What? Where are you pivoting instead of Schultz if you're not waiting? Yeah, Ty Conklin. A, Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin. Mm. Tyler Conklin a specific has, name. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Conklin later as well. Um, well, Matt is, but yeah, there's a decent amount of streaming options um, this week. I think. Conklin, Evan Ingram, and company. We're going to be talking about those guys later on. So if you don't want to wait for Schultz, I get it, especially with Cooper Rush at QB, but he's not someone I'd drop. I think that's more what I meant with the question. It was a terribly mm-hmm. worded question. Now, guys, I'm telling you, I'm at 75% right now, so sorry about this. Um, but, uh, yeah, the terribly worded question. But I meant, like, 
are you are you is it worth waiting for Dalton Schultz or are you going to pivot to a new guy? Not necessarily the guy that you would pivot to. Um, oh, more good news: Alvin Kamara practicing on Thursday, another rib injury. Um, I mean, he if he plays, how are you feeling about him? Do you think he's limited? Uh, how are you approaching Alvin Kamara, uh, our resident Saints fan? Uh, how are you approaching uh, Kamara, Matt? I think I'm I'm justifiably more concerned um, about Kamara's health and his role um, this season than other people are uh, as the resident Saints fan. Again, it's like you have to start Alvin Kamara if he's on the field. Like you just have to put him in your lineup and you might be eating six points a game. And that's kind of sucks, <laughs> but it's not somebody that you can bench. Like you can never bench somebody with that high of a ceiling on a per touch basis, because even in limited snaps, Alvin Kamara can take 10 touches for 120 scrimmage yards and a touchdown. So it's really, really difficult to put anybody in that tier of an athlete, of a, of a talent, of a fantasy asset um, anywhere other than your starting lineups, if the coaches deem them healthy enough to play. But I think you can be justifiably concerned about his floor being much lower than it's been in years past. Uh, yeah, that perfectly said. I think I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, this is an interesting one. No, no, nothing fantasy related, but JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, got signed uh, to the Ravens. To the Ravens. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, interesting move. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, of, of course, uh, blew his fingers off uh, with fireworks. Fireworks. Uh, but also blew some quarterbacks into the fucking stratosphere with fireworks on the field. Like, he was a great player when he played. That He was never the same after that injury, although he had one r really big year uh, after the injury, but... Uh, good to see him back in the league. Uh, Christian McCaffrey ankle limited in a practice on Thursday. <laughs> it, it it Christian McCaffrey is just one like he's like you know the the girl. Uh, I don't, don't want to be sexist, but the partner um, that like uh, is just you. You finally think you reach this like agreement with them, this understanding, and and your and your relationship is going smooth, and then they'll say that one thing, and you're just like, oh my god, I fucking. Oh, Bro, did you see what uh, Christian McCaffrey tweeted? No. When they tweeted about his ankle I did uh, not. injury or whatever, he quote tweeted and was like, I could go to the bathroom to take a piss and they'll report that as an injury these days. So he's fine. All right. Uh, so I you heard it here he first. What more concerned about is his opportunity share, which is dwindled in comparison to his you know peak RB1 years. He's just not really seeing the same workload that he's seen in years past. I think that could be on purpose. I think they're And the offense the offense isn't even working right now. Yeah, so I mean it's, it's just, just exactly. It's true. It's true. They're going to give him the ball more. I I I think I think you can bank on. I, I wouldn't be too worried about Christian McCaffrey although it it's been a little it's been a little annoying already. Uh Gabe Davis. It's two weeks. Yeah. Gabe Davis says that he is 100% confident that he'll return to Sunday's game against the Dolphins. Uh interesting development there. Uh Gabe Davis Look, I learned this from a great writer. I, I, I read one of his articles uh, today. He's a dope writer, uh, writes for this really dope fantasy website. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it, but his name is Matt Ward, and he writes for BrotoFantasy.com. And uh, he mentioned in an article that's going to actually drop tomorrow uh, that Stefan Diggs has more fantasy points through two weeks than in the history of ever. This is this is the most. <laughs> yeah, so like mm – -hmm. um, even with Gabe Davis on the field, Stephon Diggs has been an absolute animal. Uh, Steph, he has the most fantasy points ever for through two weeks um, for a wide receiver. For a yeah. wide receiver. Um, but you know, with with Gabe Davis there, 
maybe you will cut that down by uh, 50, 50 or so yards or so maybe he'll give you the second most of all yeah, time. maybe like maybe 20 yards and a reception <laughs> but, <laughs> but look, I, I as low as I am on Gabe Davis I really like him in that Miami game yeah I mean if you, you look you gotta you gotta play your bills pass catchers at this point the, at least these two these two yeah, these two specifically sure. the uh Xavier Howard would likely line up with Diggs as well which would leave a little right. bit of room for Gabe Davis uh, all right, let's go to Jerry Judy. Shoulder and ribs did not practice mm. on Thursday. Uh, he was driven to the ground hard on a pass attempt uh, last week. Did not practice on Wednesday and did not practice on Tuesday either. Um, so he's on like the pessimistic side of questionable, according to this report. If if he sits, Cortland Sutton, Sutton would obviously be interesting. I think the passing volume that Javante Williams has gotten in the first two weeks has kind of been very quiet because the team hasn't scored touchdowns. If Javante Williams had three touchdowns right now, people would be talking about him as if he's the steal of the fantasy season. So I think that if you're if you're looking to buy low on a running back right now, Javante Williams might be the answer because he's also in, he's also not splitting work with Melvin Gordon right now. It's two-thirds snaps. He's getting the majority of the work. He's the main guy. Now, he's definitely not the only guy. Uh, Melgo, is, Melgo is still on the field all the time. But he's on the field more than he was last year. So um, if that's the case, maybe buy low on Mr. Javante Williams. But that's a long way to say, uh, how you feeling about this Broncos passing game if Jerry Judy sits, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I'd like Cortland Sutton a lot. We saw what he could do last week without Judy on the field. Um, and he, and this was with Russell Wilson having a really bad start to his tenure as a Denver Bronco. Horrible. I, yeah, I'd be I'd be shocked if he doesn't turn it around at least a little bit. I don't think Russell Wilson just, you know, quarterbacks sometimes hit that wall. But Russell Wilson's not at that age. Like, I, it's just odd that to see Russell Wilson playing at this level. I think he'll turn it around. Which I said it on the Monday pod. Um, I think uh, Corlin Sutton's a decent um, buy low target. So I like Corlin Sutton, especially if Jerry Judy misses another game. Uh, Michael Pittman practiced on Thursday. That's good news because the Colts need him. That's for damn sure. Uh, Matt, are you nervous about Michael Pittman at all after that showing? Uh, you think he's done, or are you just like more excited because he's going to get the target share like crazy? I mean, yeah. It, it, Michael Pittman on the field with the Colts, you can essentially lock him in for a 30% target share. There's nobody else in that offense that's going to do anything to his opportunities. I know you were excited about Ashton Doolin in the dynasty perspective on the Monday episode. How you feel? Is he worth a play and redraft in, in like a desperate situation? I kind of think so. And, and I mean, that was, he was Ashton Doolin's kind of a stock up guy because he's somebody that you could have gotten free off waivers and can flip for a, a fourth or a third to a contender that that's desperate in these early injury riddled weeks. Um, and I think he's the clear number two ahead of Paris Campbell ahead of um, Alec Pierce, even um, Pierce kind of struggled in his first game and is now still in concussion protocol. So that's a lingering effect, obviously. Um, I do like Ashton Doolin in deeper leagues, but I mean, like there's so many good flex options out right now and good streaming options. And especially if you're playing in like tight end premium leagues, you can pick up some of those lower level tight ends and get solid floors with them. So Yes and no. Yes and no. It's going to be matchup dependent for me with him, and this isn't a matchup that I'm necessarily targeting. Alan Lazard downgraded to did not practice for Thursday's practice. Um, Sammy Watkins also did not practice. Uh, Christian Watson also did not practice. Uh, This might be a situation where they're just trying to keep all three of them healthy. 
Uh, Alan Lazard did score a touchdown, which is the number one, uh, number one most appealing thing about Alan Lazard this year is that he's probably going to get those red zone looks. Uh, so you know he's probably a touch a touchdown dependent wide receiver three this week if he does go. Uh, yeah, that's it. I'm not even going to ask you guys about it. That's it. That's it. I said it, so it sticks. Ha 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 ha. All right. Uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric. I'm like <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge out here. Bah humbug. <laughs> uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy guaranteed that Sky Moore would see more than two snaps moving forward. I just thought that was funny. Five snaps. Line them up, baby. Uh, DeAndre Swift uh, practiced on Thursday. Can you guys hear the the helicopter that just decided to like chill on top of where we're at right now? Is that just me? Not it me. just sounds like helicopters. I'm sorry if it sounds like helicopters to you guys, too. Um, DeAndre Swift practiced on Thursday. Thank God, because DeAndre Swift, I got to say, you know, I don't, did, you, did you watch Hard Knocks this year, Matt? Yep. So remember when Deuce Daly was talking about DeAndre Swift needing to get that dog and finish runs and, and end explosive, and that's the difference between him being great and him being good? I think he may have turned yeah, that Daly's corner. the man. Yeah, I think he may Absolutely. have turned that corner, man, because DeAndre well, Swift has looked you, you phenomenal. You saw it on a... It was. It wasn't a rush, but it was a reception, and it was honestly one of the most spectacular plays that I've seen this season. DeAndre Swift caught a reception where he had to extend, and then he fell to the ground with his back facing the defender, so he was pointing towards the line of scrimmage. He got up, shift directions, and beat four different defenders to the pylon, going the opposite direction that the pass was thrown. Like that's how you finish a run. Uh, amen. Uh, speaking of, speaking of finishing. This really has nothing to do with finishing, but I'm going to say it anyway. Michael Gallup, uh, Mike McCarthy said that uh, he might be on a pitch count on week three. So you knew that Michael Gallup was going to come back before week six because they didn't put him on IR. But it looks like he might be able to come back for week three, be on a pitch count. For me, I know Michael got very mad at me on Monday when I thought Noah Brown was someone to, who was interesting as long as Cooper Rush was, in, was uh, the quarterback. Um, but he's not interesting if Michael Gallup comes back. But you're also not starting Michael Gallup, so that probably just – takes away some options from this Cowboys offense where you didn't probably didn't want to play many of the options there anyway while Dak is out. Uh, we know that Chris Godwin uh, is going to be out for a little while with his hamstring, didn't practice Thursday. James Conner came back to practice on Wednesday, so it looks like those people who spent up on Williams and uh, Benjamin uh, over the are, are regretting that a little bit, although it's, it is good to hold on to, to him. I, I want to hear your guys' opinion on this one. Rondell Moore, hamstring. Remain silent on Thursday practice. I think it was clear when Rondell Moore got hurt that he was going to miss a few games. How f how annoying is it that you have to put him on IR on Sunday only when he's out? Oh, yeah, it's the worst. And then you have to drop someone to put him back in your roster, and you can't even make a roster move until you drop him. Yeah, I mean, I have probably a higher roster ship of Rondell than anybody on planet Earth, and it, it is hella annoying. Oh my God, it's mad annoying because because sometimes you know I'm I'm in twelve leagues, like sometimes I forget and like this week I lost out on one of my waiver pickups because it's like no nah, Rondell Moore's in your IR you can't have anybody, fuck what what the fuck, that sucks, uh, terrible it's tough. Be, Dude, be better the, uh, be better be 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 better platforms. What's the, more uh, frustrating is watching Greg Dorch like do really well in the role that was guaranteed for Rondell. Yo, Rondell's going to be amazing when he gets back, bro. Don't worry. Rondell, Rondell's going to be just fine. So. Rondell's going to be just fine. We shall see, folks. But, guys, the wind in this Thursday night football game is serious. Chris Boswell just kicked a 50-yarder from the right hash. 
that shit went to the middle of the uprights and curved all the way back out, and he missed. Do you know what the miles per hour on the wind is? Around 20-ish miles per hour. Ah, that's when it... Like 22. 18 is when it starts making a difference on stats. Yeah. So we're we're well past the 18-yard, 18 threshold. This is a game that, you know, I think you want to play Nick Chubb, you want to play Kareem Hunt, you want to play Najee Harris probably, even though that's eh. You got you to gotta play on Najee Harris. I mean, no Deontay, point in talking about it. It's currently yeah, happening. True. I mean, Deon, uh, true. What am I doing? Uh, Zach Wilson. You played him. <laughs> uh, I did not play. The, I, I played Kareem Hunt. I have him going in the home league, and I'm rooting for him very hard. Uh, Zach Wilson. Robert Sala said Zach Wilson, as soon as the doctors clear him, will be on the field. He is the future of the organization. Just in case you guys were thinking Joe Flacco was going to be the quarterback for the Jets moving forward. I think that's not going to happen. Although it was, it's nice to see an adult uh, making adult decisions, uh, because we've had young, no, we've had young kids playing the the position for a long time. We went from Sam Darnold to Zach Wilson, uh, and when they were out, you know, Mike White and you know having a, a veteran presence that's actually like played in games. It's nice to see because he has a poise that these these kids don't have. Like you could tell, like Zach Wilson's still like jumping while he's in the pocket. Like you know that goes away eventually, but. You know, the poise that Joe Flacco has is, is nice to see. That's all I'm saying. All right, unless you guys could think of uh, another headline that we missed out on, I think we're good on the news. Moving on. Michael, I think that was uh, I think that was a a, a a record for fastest news ever. Uh, it could have been faster. What? What? <laughs> all right, let's get to our first category. Um, look, I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be real with you guys. I'm still in, in talks with the guy who's going to make the voice sound cool. All right? So it's coming. I promise. But for now, I'm just going to make up a thing again. Tear breakers. Bow, 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 up. This one is the first category. These are guys who are going to jump a tear and make it uh, make it so that you're really happy you started them. Because usually, let's say they're a wide receiver 2-ish, they're going to be a wide receiver 1 this week. Or if they're RB3, they're going to be an RB2 this week or even an RB1 this week. So let's get started with Michael. Michael, who is your first tear breaker up? I would walk 500 miles. Miles Sanders is my first tier breaker up this week. I love it. I have so much Miles Sanders on my teams because he oh, was just nice. a ridiculous value. Week one against Detroit, Miles Sanders had 13 carries, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Two receptions on two targets for nine yards. In week two against Minnesota, 17 carries, 80 rushing yards, three targets, three receptions, six yards. From week one to week two, we saw his rush percentage jump from 59% to 74%, and his target percentage as well jumped from 6.2 to 9.7% with that additional target. Now he gets to go against the Washington Commanders, who allowed J-Rob to run against them, um, and Swift and Williams had success against them as well last week. Uh, Sanders had more carries than Scott and Gainwell combined this past week. In a dominant win against Minnesota, they were giving him the carries and the touches when it mattered. Um, it was not like they uh, it's not like they were giving it to Scott or Gainwell in a uh, in a Monday night football game that's uh, everyone's watching. Right. It was Miles Sanders in that backfield. He's always been very efficient. It's been more so. Can he find the end zone? Can he get the amount of touches needed? The Eagles offense looks ridiculously dynamic. It's a forty seven and a half over under um, sign me up for Miles Sanders this week in a big opportunity here against Washington. Dynamic is a great way to describe the Eagles' offense. 
Uh, not to pat myself on the back or anything, but I picked the Eagles to uh, win the NFC. Uh, tap, 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 tap. They're 2-0, and Tim. We're two weeks into the season. Look, look. if you can't, what's the point of doing uh, victory laps if you don't do them? Like, only one guy's going to be right at the end. Like, let me be right for two weeks. All right? Stop, stop busting my balls. Uh, Matt, <laughs> who's your tear breaker up? Uh, from the Sleepers article last week, now into tear breaker up this week, uh, Drake London playing Seattle. Drake London led every receiver in the NFL in week two with a target share of 46.51%. Uh, almost half of his targets or half of his team's pass attempts. He caught eight of 12 for 86 yards in his first touchdown as a pro. And part of the reason I like him so much is Kyle Pitts continues to be ignored as a weapon in the passing attack. He's caught two catches for 19 yards in back-to-back games, uh, two catches for 19 on three targets, which was an 11.5% share in week two. He played Pitts played 20 snaps out wide, 23 from the slot, and 14 snaps in line as a traditional tight end. So even those one wide receiver sets or whatever, they're not keeping Pitts on the field. It's Drake London out there um, in single back formations. And, and no other member of the Falcons offense has a target share higher than 10% after two games this season. London rakes fifth best in a uh, target share with 33.3% after two games. He has 41.3% target share per route, uh, which is third in the NFL, the sixth highest graded wide receiver in offense per PFF and is averaging 12th in yards per route run. So like Drake London is going to be somebody that you must start every single week. And we're not even going to be ranking him as like a top 20 wide receiver anymore. He will be ranked as a top 15 wide receiver in every game moving forward. I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, so I uh, highly agree with those uh, with those first two that were said. I think it was a really, really interesting week for two rookies in particular. And we'll be talking about that second rookie um, a little bit later. Uh, for Amari sure, Cooper, a touchdown, folks. Oh, first Amari touchdown of the Cooper. game. Damn, they put Hunt on the field. Cooper looks actually like kind of good. I know, man. <laughs> Fuck. I don't like it when I'm... I'll admit it. Whatever. I'll say it. I don't I'm, like it when I'm, I'm wrong. I'm eating the biscuits. Yeah, I don't like yeah, it when I'm wrong. I mean, I mean, I up against dude, I do not backer. like Amari Cooper. Yeah, it was, it was good scheme. Good scheme. Kevin Stefanski. Need a linebacker. Kevin Stefanski is a good I, coach. I like the Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, man, he's a good coach. All right. Uh, I really do. I'm like gonna start with an honorable mention. I just want to say this: Kirk Cousins versus Detroit. That's not my guy, but I just want to say very comfortable starting Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins right now I have him ranked as QB seven uh, on the week in in my rankings. Uh, I think primetime Kirk has proven to be real. What I heard on a lot of sports media, like, oh, you know, let's let's disregard primetime Kirk. Kids disregard something like that. Um, yeah, the Lions are allowing 26.6 points per game to opposing, opposing quarterbacks. The game has shootout potential. He, Kirk Cousins against the Lions averages 280-2 and two in his career uh, with the Vikings. So I think that uh, the Kirk Cousins is a play. But I'm going to go with Jeff Wilson. At the Denver Broncos, I think Jeff Wilson is gonna wow. is gonna comfortably fit in as our RB two right now, ranked as a uh, high end RB three on uh, fantasy on the ERC, the Fantasy Bros Expert uh, Consensus Ranking. I think I have him as RB twenty. I think he's going to be a very solid uh, floor with a nice ceiling this week. I think. Look, Jeffrey Wilson, Esquire. Shouts to Jason. Uh, I think this is gonna m- look more like a classic 49ers game. Uh, than we have been anticipating. It's the Jimmy G offense again, and they don't have a whole offseason to implement a new offense. They just go back to the offense they had last year, and I, I think that that's going to be the case. They're just going to go back to the offense they have last year. Jimmy G is back. The, Bronco, the Broncos offense is down bad. I think this is the perfect opportunity to play 49ers football. Tyrion Davis-Price is out. Only Jordan Mason um, 
who played absolutely zero snaps last week, uh, is um, is the competition in the backfield. Uh, people are scared away because Denver is the number one rushing defense right now in the NFL, but, you know, it's only been two games, and they played Seattle and Houston, neither of which have a prolific running game, uh, particularly Houston, who was starting Rex Burkhead, and um, and they got down, and uh, the Seahawks got down very quick and had to abandon the run game. Um, so it, it was very, it's very much skewed, uh, their run defense, although the Bears project to have a good run defense in general. Uh, I think the 49ers will be up to the task in terms of matching them on the run game. I think they're going to they're gonna jam it down their throats. I think, admittedly, Debo will still work, and I'm going to talk about Debo a little bit later, um, but I think that even if he does steal a touchdown, if he does steal a carry, there's no chance in hell that Debo is the primary back, and there's really only one option to be the primary back, and when you're the primary back in a Kyle Shanahan system, I want to play you. Um, and that's the, the, all the rules that we had for the Jimmy G 49ers are back. Like we have to get out of this, uh, off season mentality that we had with the Trey Lance 49ers. And we need to get back into the mentality we had last year with them. And I think Jeffrey Wilson went from questionable waiver wire pickup that you shouldn't have spent too much fab on to a really, really good play, uh, that you're probably happy that you now underpaid fab for, um, for at, at least until Elijah Mitchell gets back. So I think here, Jeff Wilson is my tear breaker up for running back. Um, Michael, tell us about your second guy. My second tear breaker up is Garrett Wilson. Look, Garrett Wilson looks like a star. He's seen 22 targets. He has 12 receptions, 154 yards, and two touchdowns in his first two career games. He's seventh overall in true target value to begin the season and has eight red zone opportunities already, which leads all wide receivers. This is while playing just 49% of snaps week one against Baltimore and 61% of snaps week two against Cleveland. His route participation for the first two weeks was just 67%, which was 70th among wide receivers, which is the amount of routes run per pass attempts. 70th, and he's still top 10 in the league in targets and number one in red zone opportunities. Connor Hughes, a Jets reporter, reported after the Jets uh, lost to Baltimore that um, they wanted to play less 12 personnel because of because they wanted to get Garrett Wilson onto the field more. And then they ran 11 personnel, which is three wide receiver sets, 68% of the time against the Browns. In that formation is uh, when they scored all four of their offensive touchdowns. Michael Garrett Bay, Wilson. Fucking bars. Garrett Wilson is just going to keep playing more and more, and he's just going to keep balling. And I haven't even brought up the matchup against Cincy yet, who – has already lost to Mitchell Trubisky and Cooper Rush. And last year, last week, Cooper Rush threw for 235 yards and a touchdown, uh, 95.5 QB rating. CeeDee Lamb went 7 for 75, and Noah Brown went 5 for 91 and 1. I'm just too excited for Garrett Wilson this week against Cincy to continue the uh, the madness that has been his first two games of his rookie season. It's just been glorious to watch. All right, Michael, that that all that's correct, but I do counter with one counter argument with this, and he's on the Jets. That's the only counter we ever hear. I know, but it's hard to trust. It's hard to trust the smoke and mirrors sometimes when you're a Jet fan. But I will say this, from a completely unbiased perspective, Matt Ward, uh, our rookie encyclopedia, had Garrett Wilson as the number one ranked uh, wide receiver coming out. And the dude moves differently. Like, he's going to get open at this level. He's going to be open a lot. And Joe Flacco's going to hit the open guy. So, yeah, Michael, I don't know if I'm as high on Garrett Wilson this week in particular as you are, but I think Garrett Wilson is going to be a play uh, for the for the, for the the near future at the very least. Guys, George Pickens just made an absolutely incredible oh, catch. Oh, shit. 
Yep. Yo, they need to get him he involved, man. In him. Yo, he looks different on the field. This guy is long. He's he's got a lot of like Martavius Bryant, Martavis, excuse me, Martavis Bryant. Um, wow, what a catch! Holy shit! When they oh, slow that down, that's that's another level kind of dog catch. Dog in him. Yeah. Whoa. Nice catch. That's the kind of catch that gives you that. That was very OBJ esque. I will say that. Um, let's get let's get into Matt's number two tier up. What do you got for us, bro? Hollywood Brown versus the Los Angeles Rams. And I know people are like, oh, it's the Jalen Ramsey shadow. Well, the Jalen Ramsey shadow hasn't been very good uh, this season at all. The Rams secondary has struggled out the gate, conceding 42.1 points per game to opposing wide receivers, equating to 38.9% over their allotted average. Uh, Marquise is averaging 13.9 points per game and hasn't really played up to his incredible talent. Um, a 38.9 increase in production would allot to 19.3 points if he plays up to his potential. Right now, he's has a 20.5% target share, which is quite a bit down from his Ravens share. Um, but he's run the sixth most routes in the league with 87 and has a 100% route participation. So every single Kyler Murray drop back, Hollywood Brown is the only receiver on the team that has run a route on every single Kyler Murray. So he he's the wide receiver one without Hopkins. And the target share is... It's not where we wanted it to be, but it's also only two games. So it's a little bit um, kind of muddied from that first game against Kansas City where the Cardinals just couldn't do anything. And then he had 11 targets against the Raiders. So a target share like that in the Kyler Murray offense is what we expected and what he showed he can do when the Cardinals are actually functioning um, opposed to the, you know, decimation that Kingsbury brings to that offense. So against the Rams and that entire secondary has allowed multiple touchdowns to multiple different receivers this season. I feel really comfortable with Hollywood as the Cardinals actually start to project towards being a winning team. Man, Hollywood's starting to piss me off, Matt. I'm not going to lie. He dropped a big, a big ball last is- week. Uh, I've been picking him to, to break out, and he just hasn't been breaking out. And he's just starting to piss me off, man. The thing is, he hasn't been bad. He just hasn't had a ginormous first two weeks, and people are like expecting a hundred yards and two touchdowns from the guy. Yeah, like thirteen point nine points per game isn't bad for, and, uh, for especially where he was going. And, and yeah, where he was going in drafts, we were all like, "What a great value!" It's just only it's been two weeks, and that target share did skyrocket in week two. He also made a, a great catch uh, where he went down on like the half yard line, which if it was a touchdown, people would have been a lot of, a lot happier with that. All right. Yeah, I mean, he oh. leads the team in red zone targets at, at right now as well uh, over Zach Ertz. Um, so even in the red zone, it's not like Hollywood. Hollywood is really being utilized all over the field with them. The offense is just not played up to par. All right. And so they I- will against LA. All right. So I know we haven't, I haven't, giving you my last tear up yet but here's what's gonna happen because we've got a showdown all right because because my tear up and michael's tear down is the same guy so we're gonna get into tear down right after this tear down is the player that we're gonna knock down a tier so basically the inverse of what we just talked about and matt you're gonna be the the nice. the guy who who breaks the, the arbitrator here. so the i'll moderator. go first on the good side the tear upside the guy who gets the most disrespect from Michael and Jason, it's like they have a vendetta. It's like this guy, like, like, did he like hit hit on your girlfriend in her DMs or something? Because he's the I, new Jai. He is no Allen Robinson at Arizona, and I'm gonna tell you why Allen Robinson is going to tear up. 
He is going against primarily Marco Wilson. Do you know who Marco Wilson is, Michael? He is the number two cornerback for the Arizona Cardinals. That is currently a 39.4 rating on PFF. Allen Robinson, look, I know he had a bad first game, but uh, Matt Stafford did not play any preseason. None. It was literally the first time Matt Stafford was throwing to Allen Robinson was in that game, and they got slaughtered. Okay, so, I, you know, you can't put too much into it. Last week, he played 90% of the snaps. He got into the end zone, got a second TD erased on a technicality. Matt, you forget them, the Matt Stafford Rams. You know, sometimes they forget about wide receiver twos, and I think that that's what happened. Najee Harris, touchdown. Uh, that just happened, uh, but there's a flag, sorry. And that's what happened um, here. They just forgot about their But that wide receiver two has also been a very valuable position as the season goes on. You saw that with Robert Woods. You saw that with OBJ. Van Jefferson, still out on top of that. I Last week, got five uh, targets. I think that it goes up this week. I think we're looking at seven to ten targets for Allen Robinson. I think that they're going to exploit this team. I think that they're looking to get up to Schneike as well. They got crushed in the first game, and then they got, and they got like, very, very, very by the skin of their teeth, escaped in the second game. Now, these are this is the defending Super Bowl champions. I think they want something to prove. This is an in-division game, and I think they're going to give it to the Cardinals. And I think that uh, Allen Robinson is going to be a major beneficiary. So, tear up, Allen Robinson. Michael, tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, I disagree with everything you just said. Look, everyone thinks Allen Robinson is back now because he scored a one-yard gimme touchdown in Week 2 that had nothing to do with any sort of skill set. It, was, it wasn't an earned touchdown. It was the same way the uh, the Chargers fullback opened his career with two one-yard touchdowns to open the season. That's when ridiculous. you're at the one-yard line— That's ridiculous. He, it's the same as a fullback, a he said. Bro, if you're at the one-yard line and you drop a play where a wide receiver gets wide open, it's not an earned touchdown. What Allen the fuck Robinson, are you even saying? What what is Allen, what are you saying right now? You make no sense. Matter. His skill set made no difference in that score. Stop it. Who cares? His target percentage is 9.1%, which is absolutely abysmal for for someone who people expect to be a fantasy wide receiver too. He has five receptions total on seven targets, despite Matt Stafford being eighth in pass attempts. He's 48th in true target value. He has 65 to total yards. He's so washed that the Rams decided Tyler Higbee is going to be their main secondary no. pass catching no. option again. No, The only time that's happened was when Robert Woods was out and OBJ wasn't around. That's familiarity. Higby has a 26% target share, Tim. 26%. That's 17% higher than A-Rob. That's a whole wide receiver two slash three difference and between I, I, Higby and A-Rob. And I bet you and right I now. bet you that that evens out this week. I don't know. Look, I don't care if he has a good matchup on paper against Arizona. He's he's washed. Trade him right now because people think he's back. And he's gonna suck this week because he's not good. All right, Matt. Michael, by the way, you can put the bets down. What do you want to what what do you want the point threshold to be this week? For the point for a bet, I mean, I don't know. What do you want it to be? Thirteen, half PPR points. Over. Easily under. Oh, so easily under. I'll go over the, on on that. Write it down. Okay, Matt. Who do you, what do you think? Who's, I can remember that. I can remember that. Well, my, Michael's I got mean, it written down. I'm, I'll, I'll fresh out the gate. I'll say Michael had a phenomenal opener. 
Um, <laughs> I, I'm higher on A-Rob than, than Mike is. Uh, we've been through that on previous pods. I don't think that he's entirely washed. But as far as tear down this week against Arizona, um, I, I'm not so sure about that. I think that's going to be a sneaky shootout. And it's part of the reason that I you know, I'm feeling so high on Hollywood. Um, I think a Rob can put up a serviceable game this week. And, but here's the issue with Tim having the tear breaker up. Correct. Is that come next week, he's going to be back down in that wide receiver three territory. And I think he's a matchup dependent option. I have to split this one down the middle, but I think this is a great week to start out. With you're just trying to be nice. You're not splitting shit down the middle. You're, you're signing with me. I don't care about next week. We're not, this is not the week four podcast. This is the week three podcast. This is the week three podcast, all right? All right, uh, let's get into the tier breaker, though. Matt, who's your uh, first tier, uh, tier breaker down? First tier breaker down. Yo, Amari I mean, Cooper, so my bad. One. I'm sorry to cut you off, but Amari Cooper just caught a, a like a like a 50-yard pass and like acted. He just ran like six feet, six at least a foot out of bounds and just acted like he didn't run a foot out of bounds. Anyway, go ahead, Michael. I mean, uh, Matt. <laughs> it's it's a sad tear breaker down and it, it, it's a sad day for the king uh i mean derrick henry just kind of looks like a husk of his former beast like self man he's rushed th- he rushed 13 times for just 25 yards that's 1.9 yards per carry in week two uh hassan haskins was the more efficient runner taking nine of the team's 27 carries for 37 yards so it wasn't like a product of a super tough defense either and yeah i know the bills are a super tough defense but hassan haskins found holes against them and this was before garbage time as well hassan's big uh 19 yard gain was against the starting defense so the raiders ranked 19th in points over average to running backs, allowing just 5.7 over their opponent's average per game. And Henry's just averaging 8.4 points per game through the first two weeks. So like the Raiders are, it's a, I feel like that's a grinded out game. Both teams are going to kind of have low scoring totals. Uh, the Raiders should get up early, which would maybe force the Titans to abandon the run game a little little bit more much like you saw they had to against the bills and his opportunity share in general is just way down from years past he has just a 68.6 percent opportunity share which is rb18 right now i'm kind of worried about the titans offense in general and their offensive success is predicated on derrick henry moving the rock and that's something that he struggled to do since returning from foot surgery even in the playoffs last year so henry was going in the first round. He was going as some people's RB3 off the board. I think it's very safe to say that in this matchup and moving forward, we can kind of expect Derrick Henry to be a low-end RB1, high-end RB2, rather than the 28 points per game that he was averaging before his injury in 2021. You know, I had I had Henry as a, a, the tearbreaker down before I switched it with Al Robinson. So I agree. Yeah, it's, it's a... It's a disappointing man. I mean, we all love Derrick Henry, and and I've always said too, as long as he's got two legs and a heartbeat, you're going to start Derrick Henry. And I still feel that way. It's impossible not to start the guy, but it's definitely not the start to the season that we expected. And I don't think it's going to be the finish to the season that we expected either. Taylor Lewan also went down. Um, something. To yeah, I, that was in my notes, and I've totally forgot to bring it up. And that looks like the exact same injury again. That is a career shortener for sure and it's the same knee so taylor lewan has now had three surgeries on that knee in less than a year oh, essentially man. that's oh, that's not good um yeah. all right my tear breaker down this one's gonna hurt some people because he's been very good for them christian kirk uh at the chargers is my tear breaker down look he's admittedly been great this season uh you know brodo was down on him in the beginning but then he his his like he was going in like the ninth round and we were very like, yeah, you know, he's a good pick where he's at. Like, we're, we're not, no quarrels with that. Um, 
and he's been very good. He's been he's him and Amon Ross St. Brown really have been the wide receivers where if you drafted them late in drafts, they've really paid off uh, in a big way. Um, <clears throat> with that being said, this week uh, is going to be different because this week he gets Brian Callahan. Now, Brian Callahan is not the name of a cop in Long Island. Uh, it is not the name of the local hamburger uh, guy, and it is not the name of your local plumber. Um, it is the name of the best slot corner in the league, all right? And just because his name is not some crazy thing and it's Brian Callahan, he gets no recognition. But Jaquiski Tart? He, yeah, his name was Jaquiski. We'd be all over the place. It's Jaquiski, I think you say it, no? Uh, but either way, um, how good has he been? Uh, per PFF, he is fifth in the NFL. Excuse me. Excuse me. NFL. He is fifth in the NFL in yards per route covered. 0.32 yards per round covered. He is seventh in the NFL in catch percentage, 38% catch percentage. Uh, he is he has the fifth least fantasy points per route. He gives up 0.08 fantasy points per route. So far, he's matched up with two of the best slot guys the NFL has to offer. The man himself, according to Dar Darwin James, Hunter Renfro, went three for 21. And then Juju last week went three for 10. So Brian Callahan is up to his old tricks. He's on a new team, but nothing has changed. And this week it's going to be Christian Kirk drawing. Uh, and there's a there's another one. There it is again. To week week two in a row. Well, I'm at my parents again, guys. Uh, my 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 my, uh, my my old bedroom, and then the twins' old bedroom. Um, after I moved out, uh, it'd be nice if you answered. They answered the phone. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, with that being said, call someone and tell them Christian Kirk is my tear breaker down this week. Uh, Who's next? Or do you, Yo, you, yeah, pretty, share your thoughts. Yeah. Pretty dope play, though. Um, Jacoby Brissett just took the snap, pitched it to Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt pitched it back to David Bell. David Bell pitched it back to Jacoby Brissett, and then Brissett threw a screen to Kareem Hunt and ended up in a 12-yard gain. <laughs> I love that. All that yeah. for 12 yards is interesting. <laughs> Backyard football, bro. I mean, yo, it's a first down in the NFL. Those are not easy to come by. That is true. Uh, how I guys... agree, Tim. I actually also had Christian Kirk as a tear breaker down, so – I like had the same guys that you guys had, so I hate I hate when we're all on the same page. Screw you guys. Yeah, me too. It's, it's way less fun. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's I, way less fun. I want to yell. I, I like the Allen Robinsons debates. <laughs> me too. Um, let's get into uh, who's first. Who is first, Michael? Let's get Michael. Let's get into your second guy. Uh, my second guy. Look, it's Terry McLaurin. He's had an inauspicious start to the season for the commanders despite their surprising level of success passing the ball thus far he went uh two for 58 and a touchdown on just four targets against jacksonville the tar the touchdown kind of saved his day and then four for 75 on eight targets week two against detroit his target percentage is sitting at just 13.8 percent which is 56th in the league and a far cry from what a typical alpha receiver would receive in this league um, he's 33rd in true target value, has just one red zone opportunity. And then meanwhile, Curtis Samuel has a 23% target share, is 11th in true target value, and has two red zone opportunities. And you have Jahan Dotson, who hasn't, who's had less targets overall, uh, but he's scored multiple touchdowns already and is being three. used in the, yeah, three touchdowns already is being used in the red zone. And now we get the commanders who are going up against Philly, which of course has a high scoring potential. Like I mentioned earlier with Miles Sanders, a 47 and a half over under. But I mean, big play Slay is likely to line up against Terry McLaurin. And he just shut down Justin Jefferson Monday night. Um, and Justin Jefferson is a better wide receiver than Terry McLaurin is. I don't think I'd have any uh, 
any qualms from anyone saying that out loud. So it's just, I know with Wentz top three in the league in passing yards and really having a good start to his commander's career, the, the productivity you've seen from McLaurin is just kind of disappointing at the moment. And I don't expect that to change in, in week three. It's been disappointing because, uh, you know, you drafted Terry to be the number one receiver there, and he's been the number three. Um, I know Dotson, yeah. not really, really the number two, but damn. Um, but we'll see if that gets turned around because it seems as though Curtis Samuel is uh, is some. I, I feel like Ron Rivera might be in love with him. Uh, just, you know. Not, I mean, he's balling out, bro. He's he, absolutely balling. You know, strictly Curtis botanic. Samuel. He was in love with Curtis Samuel in Carolina. People yes. forget that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he and, gave Curtis Samuel that those Debo light looks when he was in Carolina. Now he has them healthy in Washington with, you know, people have kept allocating that role to Antonio Gibson. That's Curtis Samuel's role. Amen. Um, let's get into Matt's second uh, tear down. Go ahead, bro. Well, with two jets on the pod, this one is definitely going to come with a little pushback. I'm sure. Uh, but it's Brees Hall against Cincinnati. And Mike mentioned since he's kind of struggled against the pass, but one thing they haven't really struggled against is defending the run. Um, they bottled up Najee Harris in week one. They bottled up Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott in week two. And the Cincinnati's front seven is very imposing. Um, and Brees Hall and Michael Carter are locked in a committee. The tandem is securing seven rush attempts each in week two. Uh, Hall had 50 of the team's 93 net rushing yards. Carter saw a higher percentage of snaps at 61%. He ran more routes at 49 and had more targets with five. Paul discouragingly, he only received one target, uh, played 27% of the snaps, which was way down from his week one snap share. And as it stands right now, the lead role looks like it belongs to Michael Carter. And Hall is kind of a change of pace guy. And they, yes, he did get that touchdown, which was nice to see, you know, the, the rookie get his first score. But he's not really... And, and we saw this with Jonathan Taylor, too. It's not a situation where I feel like Brees Hall isn't the prospect that we thought, and he's you know not as talented as we thought, and I think those opportunities are going to come, but they're not there right now, and they're going down. I know following week one to week two trends is, is not really a big enough sample size to say anything about, but it's certainly not a great matchup, and from what we've seen so far, he is not a must-start running back. Uh, I'm not going to push back too hard on that, but I will say this one thing. I think game script had a lot to do with the fact that he saw less snaps last week. I think that that game, a lot of people are like, oh, the Jets won that game. The Jets won that game in a miracle last-second comeback. They were down 31-17. So I think that... With 93 seconds left. Right. So I, that that game, the, the Jets were in comeback mode for no, a long and I, time. And I agree, but one of the things that is additionally discouraging with that narrative is that that was a pass-happy offense. And as Mike suggested, they played 11 personnel more than 50% of the time. So that means that they want a pass catching running back in there. And Michael Carter was in on a lot of those snaps. So maybe Brees is the guy in 12 personnel and Michael's the guy in 11. It would be something that I obviously would have to watch the film on. But if they are increasing 11 personnel and Brees Hall isn't necessarily the guy that is schemed into those formations, that is very discouraging. Uh, a very encouraging, very encouraging to watch Brees Hall run though. Last week, yeah, if, he's, if you, uh, like that's what I mean. The talent is undeniable. Undeniable. Like, yeah, he had a good game. He just Michael Carter played more than it's him. Just the right. opportunity isn't, and this matchup is tough, man. I think if you if you drafted Brees Hall, you would have to have anticipated that in the beginning of the year it wasn't going to be phenomenal. It, it's going to be a very Javante Williams esque uh, type uh, situation last year. But I think that he has. I do think Brees Hall has the opportunity to get there eventually, but not 
probably not going to be this week against a very good Cincinnati uh, defense. I agree with you, Mr. Ward. Um, all right, let's get into my second uh, stock down. Look, I'm not going to stop banging on this guy, and because I, I just want to tell everybody, look, he's a fraud. All right, I hear, I heard, I hear Josh, <laughs> I hear Josh Jacobs being thrown around as like a good play. Fuck out of here. No, do not. He, tear breaker down. Uh, you're getting way too excited about his 20 touches last week. Um, yeah, he was the workhorse and he got 20 touches, and I can't say anything bad about that. But that will not last long because he is crazy inefficient as always. Uh, right now, Josh Jacobs has the ninth most rushing attempts in the league, yet. He is 35th in fantasy points, 26th in yards per carry, 21st in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. He only has two targets on the season. Can't break a long run if his life depended on it. Do not be fooled. Josh Jacobs is not a good play. Now, is he going to completely bust? No. Okay, I'm allergic to Josh Jacobs. Uh, He's not going to completely bust, but... Don't expect anything more than a low-end wide receiver two, because this is what this guy, this guy's, this guy's name should should be Josh Low-end wide receiver two Jacobs. Running back. Running back. Low-end. Yes, low-end running running back two Jacobs. Michael, don't get so close to the mic. You just blew everyone's ears again. Well, then maybe you should say positions correctly. <laughs> Bars. Ah, Michael. I mean, uh. All right, that's it for the tier breaker down. Correct. Let's get into yeah, our matchups. Matchups of the week. Um, uh, who, which are the matchups that you are looking at this week? Let's switch it a little bit because Michael disrespected me. So now I gotta, I gotta put my my <laughs> pimp hand down. And Matt, you are, um, you're gonna go first. What's, what's your matchup of the week? You know what? And th- this is, I always bring a little bit of the dynasty perspective, even when we're doing the tier breakers down, because that's what I play primarily, and that's what I, you know bring to the table for the the brodo family so the matchup that i'm genuinely most interested in as a dynasty perspective and i know it has one of your tear breakers down but i'm watching the chargers and the jaguars trevor lawrence looked phenomenal against the colts he completed uh 25 to 30 passes for 235 yards and two touchdowns and looked every bit of the comfortable and confident quarterback that got selected first overall as the generational talent that he was now it was against the colts granted who have struggled out the gate very bad so that's why i'm so excited to see him against a top tier defense in a game that is guaranteed to be a shootout because we know the problems that jaguars secondary brings um and they're not problems in the sense that they can stop offenses from scoring so i I think that's going to be a high volume passing offense for trevor lawrence with all of his weapons healthy with a james robinson looking phenomenal to be able to help him get some cheap first downs and i mean i i'm fully taking a step back on how low i was on jam j rob that guy looks incredible man i mean he looks absolutely phenomenal and is fresh off an achilles tear that happened eight months ago like i'm i'm really really happy for that kid and i'm i'm glad that i was wrong in that sense because kudos to him for taking his rehab and his comeback so seriously and really being at peak performance but all of that said is even without a keenan allen the chargers target allocation has been really strange in game one they had seven players with four targets which tied for team lead and in game two they had three players with 10 targets which tied for team lead so I'm really like loving watching Justin Herbert spread that ball around. There's tons of fantasy relevant options. Christian Kirk, uh, 
James Robinson, Evan Ingram's a great tight end streamer. And obviously the Chargers offense is well known and loaded. So that's my favorite matchup. I, I know it's a strange one, but that's the one that I'm targeting the most. And I'm feeling pretty confident about starting a lot of those players. I, I Interesting. Like I'm not a not really feeling the Jaguars against the, the Chargers, man, but we'll see. I mean, it, it's a it's a funnel. It's a funnel run defense. So I like James Robin that matchup. I, I don't mind starting him. Christian Kirk is kind of a must start guy at this point, And I'm just excited to see if they can keep that up against a top tier defense. Uh, I, that matchup's all right. I think the matchups I'm looking forward to is a division matchup uh, with one of the more exciting teams in the league. Uh, and, you know, maybe two of the more exciting teams in the league. I'm looking at Detroit and Minnesota. Uh, as my as my matchup for the week, this is a over fifty. Uh, I think it's a fifty one and a half over under. Um, I think that in in terms of Minnesota's case, you can have a case in this game where it's a real possibility that the QB one, the wide receiver one, and the running back one are all in the same game. I think that Detroit has been getting slashed uh, by quarterbacks, by wide receivers, by running backs. I think Dalvin Cook. I'm about to talk to him in a little bit. About to talk about him in a little bit. I think that he has the opportunity to really blow up in this game. I, I like this as a comeback game uh, for uh, Mr. Jefferson. And, uh, you know, this is a weak secondary for the Lions. And it's a good, it, it's a good offense that puts up points. So I think the, the, there's going to be a lot of passing. Um, I'll talk more about Dalvin Cook in a minute. Uh, but at this Detroit at Minnesota matchup, you're going to see I, I have a lot of guys from this matchup in my, uh, in my, in my pick. So that's the matchup I'm looking at. Uh, on this one Michael what's the matchup that you're looking forward to seeing the most yeah I stayed in division as well Tim with the uh the Eagles and Commanders I got um I got Miles Sanders in the tier up and I got Terry McLaurin in the tier down but I I still think this is going to be a tremendous matchup with a lot of high value fantasy players you know you got Jalen Hurts um who's just been amazing to start the year Miles Sanders who's been better than some expected AJ Brown who's been great um, Devontae Smith came to life week two. Dallas Goddard came to life. He's one of the best pass catching tight ends in the league. And then on the other side, you got Carson Wentz, who's a top five tight end at the moment. Um, you got Antonio Talk Gibson. About positions wrong. Top five quarterback at the moment. This <laughs> fucking guy. You got Antonio Gibson, um, who scored a touchdown last week and was super involved week one. JD McKissick came back to life last week. Curtis Samuel, John Dotson, Logan Thomas scored a, t- a, t- a touchdown uh, last week at tight end. So, I mean, it's just been a – it's a, a chock full of – chock full of life in this game with the Eagles and the Commanders and could really be a high-flying game with a lot of fantasy points being thrown around. Michael just said chock full of life. Chock. All right, the next tier we're about to get into is the Grand Slam Smash of the Week, and these guys are going to give you – the advantage, and this category is brought to you by No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Pick, play in a pick'em contest versus other people for a shot at winning 150000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You could also test your skills versus the house and win 20 times your entry if you hit on all your picks. Bet up to five player pop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with the promo code BRODO, that's B-R-O-T-O, uh, Brodo at nohouseadvantage.com or on the app in all app stores to get the first deposit match of up to 25 
dollars. Make sure you check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, it's also where you play. You won't want to miss out on the fun. All right, let's get into these uh, these grand slam smashes of the week. Uh, Michael, let's start with your guy. My first grand slam smash of the week is Lombardi Lenny. Leonard Fournette, he's just itching for a big week, and all signs say it should be coming up soon. Look, Leonard, Leonard Fournette has been one of the few absolute workhorses left um, in the game to start the season, and he has a snap percentage and opportunity share both over 80%, which is both top five in the league. He's second in the league with 45 carries. He has six targets on the year. He has five red zone opportunities. The only thing holding him back for fantasy right now is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense has been slacking. Um, and he's yet to score a touchdown himself. Now the Buccaneers get uh, the Green Bay Packers in a game where the Bucs are not going to have Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Um, this game has scoring potential, and it's time for Leonard Fournette to step up, find the end zone. I think he certainly does this game. I think he has a good shot of even scoring multiple touchdowns and righting the, the wrongs of the first two weeks, not finding the end zone. Um, t- Tom Brady clearly wants this guy super involved, and now's a good time to... Uh, to get him in your lineups. We talked about him before. Big fan of Leonard Fournette uh, all, all across the podcast this week. And also, I just want to let you go. While Michael was saying that, I caught up on the private chat that you guys were trying to tell me. Remember when I was like, Michael, aren't you proud that we did the news so quickly? Uh, about about 10 minutes before the news even ended, Michael said, enough news. Enough news for crying <laughs> out loud. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get it. Michael, I mean, uh, Matt, who's your um, who's your first Grand Slam smash of the week? Uh, it's the sun god. I'm on Raw St. Brown. Ooh, let's get it. You highlighted the, you highlighted the uh, over-under there, so it should be a high-scoring matchup. Uh, I'm on Raw. I'm on Ross St. Brown. What a mouthful. He's really cemented himself as one of the league's top wide receivers in week two. And and I mean that not just because of his week two performance, but because of the stretch that ended or well continues, but culminated in week two. Brown recorded his eighth consecutive game with at least eight catches, joining Michael Thomas and Antonio Brown as the only other receivers to accomplish that feat in NFL history. St. Brown's led the Lions in rushing in week two with two rushes for 68 yards and receiving, obviously, with nine for 116. He added two touchdown receptions for good measure. Uh, He just has an insane, insane opportunity share right now and snap percentage share for that matter, above 85% and 35% uh, snaps, above 85% snaps and 35% targets, rather, sorry. Um, the Vikings allowed four separate receivers to secure at least 65 yards or more in week two against the Eagles. Dallas Goddard did, Devontae Smith did, A.J. Brown did, and Quez Watkins did on a huge touchdown in that order as well. So A.J. Brown wasn't even the number one receiver, meaning that they have troubles covering everyone all over the secondary. Uh, you can expect another hyper-targeted game for the rest of his career, it appears, and for the second year star to really continue his historic streak that nobody else in the NFL has really done what this kid is doing. One of the underrated uh, things going into this season was how elite the Lions offensive line is. Uh, if you go back to sleep, the Sleepers episode, we... we Not underrated the, for me. Yeah. If you mean, know how much I love Panay Sewell and everybody that's ever been an Oregon Duck, <laughs> you know how much I thought that offensive line was... I really thought that Panay should have been the first 
like I thought he should have been drafted before Joe Burrow. Do you know what's funny, Matt? You also, when I was talking about this in the Sleepers Bust episode, when I said the Lions offensive line, you cut in and was like, yo, I love Panay Sewell. You did almost the exact same thing like, I, <laughs> like I two months ago. Uh, but this is an elite line, and that means there's going to be a lot of time for, for Goff to throw the ball, and that means there's going to be a lot of time for him to find a receiver who can find separation, and that's Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, let's get into my first Grand Slam slash of the week. Dalvin Cook is mine. Look, my Grand Slam smashes are, yes, they're matchup-related. I just went into the matchup, so I'm not going to bore you with the same information again. Uh, but it's also narrative-driven. I think that this has to uh, be the game for Dalvin Cook. You have to be worried if you're a Dalvin Cook. Uh, you're Dal- you own Dalvin Cook shares right now because this is a different offense. This is not the same head coach. This is a different offense. This is a more modern, quote-unquote, offense with a more modern, quote-unquote, thinker at the helm. And, you know, is it? Just the case where we're at Dalvin Cook is kind of going to be. Uh, I heard someone, I can't remember who it was, but they kind of likened it to Zeke Elliott last year, where it's like, okay, well, this guy's going to be still good, but is he going to be as um, amazing as you need him to be and where you draft him to be? And I think that's a fair question. If he struggles in this game, I think Detroit is a great matchup. I went into the matchup. So it's do or die for Dalvin Cook right now uh, in terms of fantasy production. And I think that he's going to do. And I think that uh, he right now is my number one ranked, um, my number one ranked running back on the week. And that means my number one ranked player in general on the week. So I, I Damn, think that Charlie. I think I'm, I'm my eggs are in on the Dalvin Cook basket. I think that this is the week for him. Damn, Shouty. I mean, that's that's exactly what I thought in my head when I was writing it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I move forward anyway. All right, uh, Michael, who's your first uh, tear breaker down? Second tear breaker down. Look, Second. I did this last week. Second I mean, Grand uh, Slam smash. Yes. Second Word. Grand what? Slam. Tear breaker down was like f- three categories ago. Yeah. I'm blaming, I'm blaming the cold. I'll do it, too. I usually make fun of you, but I'll give you... I'll cut you some slack today. You haven't cut me slack at all. This is the first time you're cutting me slack. We're an hour into the show. You haven't yeah, cut me no, slack you, at all before this. You are welcome. Don't make me take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, I go with a, a high-end guy here, and then I go with someone more in the middle of the pack who I think could have a big game. I'm going with Juju, man. I'm not going to give oh, up. Oh, here it is. Michael's bluff. I love it, Mike. <laughs> I know week two was a huge letdown for those who started Juju. He went just three targets, three receptions, and 10 total yards. Was invisible for a lot of the night. However, look, as bad as this was, bad games happen. And like Tim mentioned, the Chargers defense is not only elite to start the season. Bryce Callahan, who's one of the best uh, slot cornerbacks in the league, um, is also elite. And he was on Juju a lot. And look, the Chiefs passing offense in general had a low productivity day. Even Travis Kelsey basically had the best day besides Justin Watson, who caught a 50-yarder. But, you know, those defensive breakdown type plays happen. Travis Kelsey went 5 for 51. Now the Chiefs get the Indianapolis Colts after a long layoff since they last played on Thursday. We know how dominant Andy Reid is when he has extra days to prepare um, for matchups. It's not a bye week per se, but it is extra days to prepare. Christian Kirk just went 6 for 78 for two touchdowns out of the slot against Indy with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence had a... Very good day, probably one of his best games um, as a as a starting quarterback, as Matt also mentioned earlier. Davis Mills had a decent game week one where they tied uh, Houston. I mean, where Houston tied Indy as well. I expect Mahomes to have a huge day, and in turn, Juju has a big day as well. Uh, look, I'm honestly, I'm probably going to bet on like whatever the highest alternate spread FanDuel allows, like minus 19 and a half. I'll bet on that. I think the Chiefs just 
absolutely dominate and Patrick Mahomes and company have a huge day. All right, Michael from a lot of people want to see that happen. I will say that a lot of people want to see that happen. Uh, Matt, who is your second grand slam smash? I mean, speaking of that big day and I kind of went with a higher end guy second in a little of a middle ranged guy, I guess first, but I mean, it's Travis Kelsey. First point to make is it's Travis Kelsey. Second point to make is the same thing. The Indianapolis Colts just broke down against the Jaguars and they broke down against the Texans as well. Um, The Colts allowed Evan Ingram to lead the team in receptions. He caught seven for 46. Uh, They're struggling to keep a They're struggling to keep up with regular offenses, let alone the high powered attack of Patrick Mahomes and an prepared Andy Reid, as Mike also pointed out. And that team can't stop a strong breeze right now. <laughs> Kelsey led all the Chiefs in routes, run and snap percentage, targets, receptions and receiving yards and touchdowns through two weeks. He's the only pass catcher on the offense that you can set and forget in your lineup. And yes, I'm just as high on Juju as Mike is, but there is justifiable concern. I mean, not everybody wants to take that gamble and I can understand that. You can't not take that gamble with Travis Kelsey. Apologies for the double negative, but you're starting him and he's going to finish as the tight end one this week. I think double negatives are a great way to punctuate your point. I think double negatives get a bad rap. (laughs) Anyway, uh, speaking of double negatives, oh man, Uh, we're on the wrong category. I was about to transition like a boss and say, speaking of double negatives, to bench warmers, but we still got this this category. Uh, Michael, did you do two yet? Matt, did you yeah, guys? You. Yeah, he You're did too. Up, yeah, I'm closing it up. I, I'm going with Debo again. A little bit narrative driven. I'm not gonna. I'm not. Uh, it's, we're an hour in. I'm not gonna waste your time. It's a lot of the same reasons why I feel good about Jeff Wilson is because is why I feel good about Debo Samuel. I think this offense is reverting back to what you saw last year, and I think you're going to see Debo used in a lot of creative ways. I even think Brandon Ayuk is a good play in this game. I think Jeff Wilson's a good play in this game. I think you're going to get a lot of the same stuff you got from the 49ers last year. I think Debo will. I. I would bet on Debo rushing touchdown, whatever that that you know spread is. I think that's a good um, good chance he gets a rushing touchdown this game, an even better chance that he gets a touchdown in general. So I like Debo to be the Grand Slam smash of the week in the return to four, like to the regular 49ers ball that we've grown accustomed to. All right, let's get into these bench warmers because I'm excited about my bench warmers. I can I I feel really good about my bench warmers this week. So I haven't started yet. I'm going to start. You've been listening to me talk, but whatever. I'm going to keep talking. Uh, My first bench warmer is Chase Edmonds uh, versus the Buffalo Bills. Um, There's an equation that I use in fantasy football. I say this all the time in the the offseason episodes. I really don't use this a lot during the season, but it's talent plus situation plus opportunity. And if you hit all of those, you can have fantasy success. If you hit two of them, then you're probably going to have some success. But if you're at one or or none of them, then I'm not in it. And right now... Uh, Chase is looking like none of them, all the above. Buffalo is a horrible, horrible, horrible matchup. They were the best defense against the run last season. Uh, They continue to dominate this season. They're going to have to really abandon the run uh, if they they get down, which is a major possibility. Uh, So not liking uh, the situation. For the opportunity, Raheem Mostert, Last last week, all of a sudden, after Chase Edmonds had a really bad week one, became the starting running back for the most part. Raheem Mostert had 55% of the snaps and 75% of the carries last week. Um, Chase Edmonds was the secondary option. And if you're thinking, well, at least Chase Edmonds was the pass catching back. No, they each had two targets. So it was a just completely re- replacement. Now, maybe it has something to do with uh, the game script that was going on. But either way, it happened. 
So opportunity is not there. And Chase Edmonds himself, I, I, you look, I didn't get the growing, ever-growing hype that Chase Edmonds uh, is this uh, great, incredible talent. He's a former fourth-round pick. Fourth-round running backs usually don't hit. He's had some good games, don't get me wrong. But he's never been a highly productive primary back, even though he's had the opportunity. He's had the opportunity 11 times to get a snap, uh, to get over 60% of the snaps in a game. So at least 60% of the snaps going to him in a game 11 times. Only three times he had an RB1 performance. So this is not someone who is is constantly an RB1 whenever he's in. Uh, I think Raheem Mostert's crazy slept on. I mentioned in the heat wave that I, I think Raheem Mostert's one of those guys you should stash on your bench. Uh, so I think that uh, Chase Edmonds is definitely someone that I'm not touching with a 10-foot pole this week. I'm There's no way he's in my starting lineups. Any any thoughts on that? Because I feel like that's a hot take. Oh, it's just it's <laughs> Buffalo. No, man. I I'm the only two players that I'm starting on Miami. And I mean, I guess three, cause you have to count the quarterback that's given them the ball, but it's Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. Uh, Michael, who's your first bench warmer of the week? My first bench warmer of the week, uh, Travis ETN. Look, this is James Robinson's backfield. Um, after ETN saw 51% of the snaps in week one to J Rob's 49% week two, which was a much different story. ETN saw just 37% of the snaps to J-Rob 63% of the snaps. Robinson outcarried ETN 23 to 9 and ETN only outtargeted him 3 to 2. I know the Jaguars are facing their biggest challenge yet against the Chargers and if they're going to pass a lot Travis ETN may come on the field more often, but against one of the toughest defenses in the league, I don't see how you could trust a running back who's in the uh on the worst half of a timeshare and isn't guaranteed more than 10 to 12 touches in the game. James Robinson coming back was a real was a real bummer for Travis Etienne so far because James Robinson looks like he's he's earning he's earning the snaps. He's not just getting them. Uh, Matt, who's your first bench warmer of the week? Uh, it, going back to that Miami offense and that real difficult matchup, it's Mike Gusecki. Um Gusecki continues to concede snaps to Durham Smythe. Like who's Durham Smythe, bro? Uh, they played a 44 to 35 percent or not 44 snaps for Gusecki and 35 snaps for Durham Smythe. So roughly a 50 45 split. Um, Gusecki managed just four targets, which was an 8.0 percent share on a 62.0 percent snap share this season. So Mike Gusecki is not the same role that he had last year when you were seeing him play 280 snaps out of the slot position and was essentially Miami's de facto number two wide receiver. Tyree Kill is there. Jalen Waddle can play slot on three wide receiver sets with Cedric Wilson as a decoy on the further side. It's just not an offense that is conducive to Mike Gusecki's success. And you're seeing it by the better pass blocking and run blocking tight end getting a lot more snaps than has ever been allocated in that Miami offense. The, the Bills are an incredible defense against every position this year and were last year as well that does not seem to be changing anytime soon they've only upped their defensive prowess from the season before with some nice offseason ads and it's obviously looking to take effect as they've shut down two teams that had you know one team won the super bowl and the other team won the afc so like two teams that were absolutely phenomenal in 2021 that couldn't get the ball moving against them at all i don't really expect Miami to have much more success than the Rams did and Gusecki is the odd man out in that offense to begin with I think the only pushback I have on that is that while you are correct I, I think that he made a phenomenal catch last week 
Absolutely phenomenal catch for a touchdown. I think that's the type of shit that gets your new your new head coach, it gets his attention. Uh, so I think maybe a little bit more opportunity in the future for Gasicki, but that's a complete guess. Like, I'm not basing that on anything. Um, Ramondre Stevenson is my second bench. Listen, I learned my lesson about, about Patriots running backs when I dropped a fifth-round pick on Mike Gillisley, uh, got hyped and he scored three TDs on the opening night and then was benched and never uh, heard from him again in week five. Uh, there's just no predicting this backfield. Um, in, the, in week one, Ramondre Stevenson only saw 27% of the snaps, less than 50% of the rushing percentage. And then last week, he gets... So, again, <coughs> excuse me, just to reiterate, 25% snaps, 50% usage. So, out usage. So, getting good usage, even though he's not getting the snaps. Then, 62%... Snap share last week, 37% to Damian Harris's 40% snaps and 62% rushing percentage. Like, it doesn't even make sense. For both games for the Patriots, the running back who's been on the field more got less carries. It just doesn't even make any sense at this point. Like, don't even try and figure it out. I'm sitting Ramondre Stevenson. No. No. 100%. Totes agree. <laughs> uh, by the way, Baltimore is averaging only uh, 8.4 fantasy points per game to running back via the ground, and the backfield is not very good at uh, catching balls. Actually, Damian Harris had the same exact target percentage as Ramondre Stevenson, so he's not the new James White. That's for damn sure. Um, all right, uh, Michael, who's your second? Uh, who's your second bench? My second bench. I didn't. I didn't think this would have to be said, honestly. But he's still being ranked as a wide receiver three and flex option. Just put Darnell Mooney. It's Darnell Mooney. Put Darnell Mooney on your bench, people. If he goes off for a hundred yards and a touchdown, whatever, so be it. Then you know that maybe you could possibly trust him again going forward. But for now, there is no logical cause, probable cause, or any other cause that you could think of to put Darnell Mooney in your lineup. On the season, he has five targets, two receptions, and four yards. On the season. In a game where they just trailed for the majority of it last week in Green Bay, Justin Fields completed seven of 11 passes for 70 yards. Fields has 191 passing yards in two games. Look, I know the matchup against Houston is an enticing one, but even Houston just gave uh, gave some fits to Russell Wilson. Um this past week in Denver and gave Matt Ryan some fits as well in uh in week one. Just take your Bears pass catchers and put them on the bench. And for all you people out there who still think Justin Fields the star in the making, I don't know what you're watching. The kid needs a ridiculous amount of work to do. They yeah. they're blaming they're blaming look, they're blaming the coaching staff a year after just blaming the coaching staff. I like, mean, they, they are not giving him... it's a him, new coaching staff. They are not Let's giving him a chance to throw we'll, the ball. We'll, we'll talk about someone, Justin Fields a I little saw, bit more. I saw, someone, I saw someone tweet, why don't the Bears use Justin Fields the way the Eagles use Jalen Hurts? Bro, if they, you don't think they would if if Justin Fields had that capability? I know who you're Come talking about. Yo. I know who you're talking about, you sly son of a gun. Come on. I know who ex- exactly tweeted that. Because I was going to get in a Twitter argument, but then I'm like... I'm a grown man. I don't get in Twitter arguments anymore. All right. Um, let's get into uh, – is that everyone? Mike, no, Matt, you went last, right? So you got one more. 
Yeah, I'm just going to kind of echo where Mike was heading there. And this isn't even a bench as much as it is as a cut. Um, Justin Fields was one of those late round QB with rushing upside kind of quarterbacks that people were, you know, trying to stack massive lineups and then get a high upside rusher late like you did with Kyler Murray in his first year, Lamar Jackson, his MVP year, Jalen Hurts and so on and so forth. There's always one, right? Um, and he was a target for a lot of people there that didn't believe in Trey Lance. And yeah, he's attempted and completed fewer passes in week two than during a monsoon in week one. He went seven for 11 for 70 yards and an interception. Like, wh- what are we doing here with this guy? You, you, you can not only bench him, you can certainly drop him in every format that you play in unless you're in super flex dynasty leagues. I don't if you're in two QB redraft leagues, drop him. Wow, I'd rather have Jimmy G. That's uh, that's that's harsh. That's harsh. But like Jimmy G's on waivers right now. Drop Justin Fields for Jimmy Garoppolo. Somebody got silly and dropped Matt Ryan. Drop Justin Fields for Matt Ryan. Let's not get let's not get like, ahead of ourselves, Matt. No, man, you're you're not going to get more than you're not getting six points per game from a quarterback with insane rushing upside. I would rather have the ten that Matt Ryan will give. No, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is never the answer, sir. I, I agree with you for the most part, but Matt Ryan is never the answer. Uh, let, all right, let's get into. Uh, let's get a little, uh, a little more positive here. It's the diamond in the rough. Uh, the sleeper of the week. We got one, uh, you know, regular sleeper, and then one super deep sleeper. So, Michael, why don't you start us off here? I got you. My my uh, not so deep sleeper diamond in the rough player here is Chris Olave. Uh, look, Matt touched on Chris Olave in the Monday Review Pod. If you haven't checked that out yet, but Olave had over three hundred yards. Also, also in the buy low sell high article. Yes, that too. Facts. And over then Mike three... just snagged him from me this week, but that's, that's fine. Right. That's right. I had to do it. Over three hundred air yards in week two, which is absolutely bananas. Um, already took two wide receiver sets over from Jarvis Landry, basically in uh yep. in week two. Saw three targets in week one, went to 13 targets in week two. He's already 22nd in true target value. He already has a couple red zone looks as well. Um, I don't think Chris Olave is going to be in sleeper status for much longer at this point. And let's remember that the Saints traded a first-round draft pick in the future just to move up to draft this guy. So they basically spent two first-round draft picks on him. Uh, he now He's now going against the Panthers Three, defense. They traded up for that pick to get there word, in the first place from word, the Eagles. Word. Yeah, so they really wanted Chris Olave, and week two they started to say, screw it, let's get this guy super involved. Um, and they're going to get some Panthers defense whose stats are inflated because they've played against Jacoby Brissett and Daniel Jones so far this season. Um, so, look, sign me up for Chris Chris Olave uh, this week and for uh, future weeks as well. I like it. I have a lot of Chris Olave, so I'm, I love hoping, it. I'm hoping that you are right. Uh, Matt, who's your first uh, sleeper? Yeah, the not-so-deep diamond in the rough is Tony Pollard. Um, Tony Pollard just remains Mr. Uber-efficient and could serve as the Cowboys' number two pass catcher in a slow-burn matchup against NFC rivals. Uh, They played New York on Monday night. Uh, Michael Gallup remains questionable to start in Week 3. Noah Brown is a flash in the pan, in my opinion. If you were brave enough to start him, congratulations, because you got some decent production, and I don't really think that you're going to get much more uh, going forward. He may have just played the best game of his career in Week 2. CD Lamb has been struggling to produce uh, despite his uh, incredible top 10 target share. CD currently ranks 10th with uh, above 30% of the team's targets, which is certainly an alpha share that we kind of projected in the offseason as well. He didn't need all of Amari's targets. He needed a minimal amount of them to really break through into an 
alpha opportunity share producer. But that being said, Tony Pollard produced four receptions for 55 yards on seven targets, which was second on the team in a 22.6% share in week two. That guy's low key, the wide receiver two of that team. And he's Ezekiel Elliott's backup. And he looked incredible. Um, He got a rushing touchdown after taking a 47 yard reception to the goal line. Um, So they kept him in there to get him his rushing touchdown. Like the Cowboys like this kid. And as we see Zeke decline, we see Pollard snap share hold up and continue to rise and he's always like as i highlighted in the true value olympics pollard has been one of the most ridiculously efficient players in the nfl since he stepped into the league and the question has always been can he maintain that with an increased opportunity share and so far that opportunity share hasn't necessarily reached that 50 percent uh that 60 percent that you know zeke has but pollard is outproducing him on every touch and always has and as this continues to go on it is becoming a more committee uh, of a backfield and certainly Pollard is getting a ridiculous amount of pass catching work to open up the season I see that continuing even with Michael Gallup because they don't have anybody and if Schultz remains injured as well then Tony just kind of steps into those targets so it's it's somebody that you could feel comfortable with your in your flex every single week and he has he finished RB3 overall in in week two so he has RB1 upside it's undeniable at this point yeah it's a It's interesting that Cowboys offense, man. It it does look Zeke was super. It's efficient, ugly, but, but he's the he's a producer. He they could be they could be productive together. I feel like as well. Agreed. Um, <clears throat> my diamond in the rough sleeper is someone who got disrespected, but look, he whether you like it or not, this guy is one of the better wide receivers in the league that earns target share year after year, independently of the superstar wide receiver that plays opposite of him. And although he had a cuter quarterback downgrade. He's still getting 25% of the looks, and that's Tyler Lockett. And he has an ex- a excellent matchup this year, uh, this week against Atlanta. 25% target share so far this season. Atlanta secondary has been trashed, like I said. 42 points per game to wide receivers. Um, last week, he was Geno's favorite guy to throw to. I think Geno is going to hyper-target him and DK Metcalf, and it's going to be them two over and over and over again, and it's going to be a lot of shootouts. So although Geno is not going to give you a super – Super efficient ball and super true throw value loving ball. All of a sudden, I got the hiccups. Now, I'm sick and I have the hiccups. Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, But anyway, uh, let me not bore you with more hiccups. My diamond in the rough sleeper is Tyler Lockett versus the Atlanta Falcons. Michael, who is your your deeper sleeper? I like the bars. Uh, My deeper sleeper of this week, this is a much deeper sleeper, more so for desperate managers or managers in, uh, in very deep leagues. Jarek McKinnon. Look, Jarek McKinnon, me and Matt and I were just talking about how we uh we believe the Chiefs have some real potential as Tim disgustingly blows his nostrils in the background. Michael, you shouldn't <laughs> say anything. Like once a, Matt, once an episode, this kid confuses the fact that he's hearing me through the computer and the, people are hearing <laughs> me through the microphone. It's it's still gross. Your mic is No on, one can but... hear it except you though. Uh, you don't you seem think. to comprehend let's, this. Watch, I'm gonna let's mark down the time, and I'm gonna go right to this time and see if I hear you blowing your nose. One twenty-eight. One twenty-eight. But I mean, but one twenty-nine with the intro and the and the. Uh, I mean, you ad. got a cold, bro. It happens. It happens. But look, Jarek McKinnon, he has a role in the KC backfield. In Week One, in the Chiefs' blowout victory, McKinnon had the same amount of carries as Ceh, a ten percent target share, um, as well. In Week Two, McKinnon actually outsnapped Ceh. Look, granted, CH missed a little bit of the game um, with an injury, 
But still, McKinnon played 47% of the snaps after playing 39% of the snaps in week one. And week two, they were in a tighter matchup against the Chargers. He also has three red zone opportunities on the season. The CEH is two red zone opportunities. So whether this is a game is a blowout or closer than you expected, uh, Jarek McKinnon is likely going to be on the field a little bit. And if he surprises, breaks out a chunk gain or finds the end zone, it could be a nice little uh, nice little surprise for you in a desperate situation. Ooh, I likey, likey, likey. Matt, what you got? I mean, this is super deep, and this is a dynasty deep. And it, it, it's somebody that I'm kind of watching, um, but also getting a little excited about. And, and that's Nico Collins of the Texans. I mean, he's the clear wide receiver, too, there. It's an opportunity that he stepped into, and he's starting to see the targets to follow it. Um, he was only one target behind Cooks with nine while playing 67% of the team snaps in week two, that's a 23.7% target share. He has an EPA on the season of 10.2. So his opportunities are suggesting that he's a flex worthy play at 10.2 points per game. Um, and yeah, the, the Texans are just like, they're not a good offense, man. That, that is what it is what it is, right? Like there, there's no trying to sugarcoat that Davis Mills is not at the same level as Mac Jones as, much as people tried to draw that line in the sand and make those comparisons. He's just a third round, you know, second year quarterback that likely doesn't have much of a future in the NFL, but that's fine for what he is. He can support two wide receivers because that's all that he has. Um, His overall yardage total is going to be pretty low. So Collins is more of a PPR play than standard leagues or even half PPR. Um, His a dot is very respectable at 14.7 so he's getting work down the field and like i said it's not damien pierce it's not rex burkhead it's not the tight ends Farrell brown and brevin jordan like there are if davis mills has to attempt 30 passes a game and by the looks of the way that that team is playing and the points that are being put up against him that is roughly how many pass attempts a game he's getting off it's going to be allocated between two dudes in a funnel and a bunch of no names. So Nico Collins isn't somebody that you're going to rush out to put in your starting lineups, but especially as a dynasty play, like I'm very interested in watching this kid continue to see if he, if he can maintain a 23% target share, that's very interesting for fantasy. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Nico Collins is, is someone also that like showed some talent last year. It's not like uh, you haven't seen him produce as helicopters decide to circle my place again. This is uh, in- insanity. Um, Stop growing weed on your roof, bro. <laughs> uh, that, that's legal in New York now if you could do it. If you, oh, facts. True. They have, <laughs> and, and they have uh, rooftop rooftop gardens in New York, which is uh, an interesting uh, thing. So I wonder, someone's probably growing weed in a rooftop somewhere, although everything's hydroponic indoors these days, uh, as you might know, Matt. Um, I think Matt might have an idea. Uh, all right, so let's get, <laughs> let's get into the uh, my deep sleeper. My deep sleeper is Traylon Burks. Uh, right now, not, there's nothing you could really go back on. That's not that deep. Really? Traylon Burks right now, he's owning less than 50% of Yahoo I just leagues. dropped Nico Collins That's and Mike went Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> <laughs> and I, this guy goes the starting wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. Starting so. wide receiver, this guy. <laughs> yo, starting wide receiver, this guy has played the most 45% snaps so far. What are you guys talking about? I'm, I'm, I would argue that he's deeper. <laughs> I'm here for it. I would argue he's deeper That's than you. He's talking about starting wide receivers. Your guy had nine targets last not- week. Deeper than Nico Collins. Get out of here. Yo, Traylon Burks is deep. Fuck you guys. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to tell you why Traylon Burks is a good play this week because I think this is the week they unleash the Burks. All right? They're playing the Raiders this week, and 0-2 teams have almost no shot of making the playoffs. 0-3 teams are basically done. 
So one of these teams are historically, according to data, basically out of the playoffs if they lose this game. And the the Titans are devoid of talent. And Traylon Burks, if I asked you guys who is leading the league in targets per route run, who would you say? Obviously, there's going to be the answer is Traylon Burks, but <laughs> it's Traylon. It's Traylon Burks. Burks, right? But you're expecting yeah, but that to he's be run forty routes exactly. So every time he's on the field, they get this guy the ball every single time. In fact, let me tell you the exact thing. Wide receiver in week one, one, that's what I was saying. In week one, thirty-seven percent of the snaps he played in twenty-four snaps and got five targets. So right away, got him on the field. Last week, played in twenty-five snaps, got six targets. I think they get him on the field. That's a 25% target percentage, by the way, even though he played less than 45% of snaps. I think they get him on the field more. I think they target him more. I think they make some more plays for him. Uh, it's it's in a defensive matchup that he can take advantage of. So Traylon Burks is my deeper sleeper, whether you like it or not, motherfuckers. We don't like it. Yeah, you, you've made <laughs> I mean, that, I like Traylon. Made that clear. Agreed. That's a th- that could have been a sleeper. Man, fuck you guys. All right. <laughs> um... <laughs> All right, let's get into these streamers. Uh, Matt, you can go first. Let's get it. Quarterbacks. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you let me. Oh, quarterbacks. I was going to say I'm glad you let me go first because I was talking about him a little bit already. But uh, I will hit my quarterback first because this is an interesting one. Uh, Derek Carr gets to play the Titans in week two. And what we were just talking about is that matchup is, can be a sneaky shootout if the Titans can actually get their game rolling, get their offense rolling. I'm a little worried about the rushing game for sure, but that has to do with that sneaky shootout aspect. And that would leave Derek Carr to be throwing more as well. And the Titans have just been rough. (laughs) Like they've been rough against the quarterback. Yes, they play Josh Allen, but they're still averaging over eight point or 8.0% over average two quarterbacks. That's with, you know, so they allowed Josh Allen to score 8% over his average. Um, There are 23 points per game to quarterbacks and 37.7 points per game combined to wide receiver cores. So I think Derek Carr, especially with Devontae Adams, um, Hunter Renfro is in concussion protocol, I think, but is apparently reported to play. Obviously, Darren Waller is still there. Um, Yeah, I, I really like Derek Carr in this matchup and he's always good. Like we know now, and I don't know why people, you know, thought it was going to be different with Devonte. No, that just means Devonte still good. It doesn't mean that Derek Carr gets better, but we know that Derek Carr is a low end QB one high end QB two that is capable of a spike week or two every season. And I think that this is one of those weeks where Derek Carr can finish in the top five and everybody's going to be like, I told you, I told you he was, you know, MVP caliber trajectory. I told you Devonte, and no, but yes, in the scoring totals this week, Derek Carr has a very good chance finishing inside of the top five. I'm going with Marcus Mariota at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I think that this is a great matchup. I think there's going to be uh, a matchup where, I think it's going to be a little more high scoring than people may think. These are two very bad defenses, and usually, uh, usually the the remedy for bad defenses is bad offenses. But I think this is Marcus Mariota in the Falcons, and mostly Arthur Smith has shown to be competent at the very least uh, offensively. And I think that the noise in Seattle may lead to Marcus Mariota maybe running two or three more times. So I think that um, I'm playing Mariota in in with a with confident in his floor and hoping that he maybe pops a run or two uh, for a long one and maybe a rushing touchdown. So I think Marcus Mariota is my QB streamer. Michael, who's your QB streamer of the week? Uh, my QB streamer, I like Marcus Mariota, Tim. Um, he On the uh, patron pod, him and this guy, Jared Goff, are my top two streaming options. Like Jared Goff, uh, 
Look, the Lions have scored 35 and 36 in back-to-back weeks. When was the last time that's ever happened? I should have looked it up, but I just thought about it now. Just for the Lions to score <laughs> back-to-back 35-plus point weeks is insane. And like you guys mentioned earlier, it's because their offensive line is tremendous, and their offense has just been firing in all cylinders between DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and company. Um, Jared Goff only had 16.5 points week one. Uh, but Jamal Williams had two goal line rushing touchdowns. If he threw another touchdown in that game, he would have been over 20. And Jared Goff put up 26 points last week against Washington, 256 passing yards, four passing touchdowns. Um, so even if he doesn't have the super high ceiling, he's solidifying a pretty safe floor. Um, and if they, if the Lions just keep continuing to give him a ton of time to throw, they'll probably keep putting up numbers. Cause I mean, we know that Jared Goff is a serviceable quarterback and, uh, He's uh, finding himself here in Detroit this year and in a game against Minnesota, which has some uh, high-scoring potential, especially with Kirk Cousins embarrassing himself Monday night. He'll likely come out firing, ready to uh, put that to uh, put that to a halt. So I, I think Jared Goff has some streaming potential here. Matt, who's your tight end? Yeah, the the name drop that we had a little bit earlier. I really like Ty Conklin this week off the the waiver wire and as a streamer. He played 100% of the offensive snaps for the Jets in week two against the Browns. And he's earned a 20% target share in that time. And, and this was another one on the heat wave for the Jets with when the questions between CJ Uzama and Ty Conklin came around, like who was going to be the tight end one. And, and Conklin had a 16% target share in 2021 next to Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. That guy consistently earns targets above the average tight end number. So he's doing so in the Jets offense as well. And he's playing more snaps than anybody on the offense that isn't Joe Flacco. He's the only person like every single snap it doesn't matter what formation they're in ty conklin is there even if it's a no tight end formation they're running him out of the slot he's got 48 slot snaps this season so i'm really into ty conklin he's had the opportunity share and he's had the production uh he caught a touchdown a big touchdown for the jets um to kind of that was the first one that was putting them back in that 93 second window to win the game he's really really underrated and I think it's one of the safer floors that you could find on waiver wires. Uh, The target opportunity is there. And when you're streaming tight ends, like what more do you want? You want a guy that earns more targets than the average tight end with a tight end or with a touchdown upside in in his range of outcomes. And that's exactly what Conklin has. I like that. That's a deeper one, but I like that a lot. I think Conklin has, he he looked very good uh, last year in Minnesota. And there's a, there's a spot, there's room for him in New York. Uh, minus Tyler Higby, I think that this isn't this one is a little bit of a stretch. I think that if he's still available to stream in your league, this is gonna be the last week to do it. Tim. Yeah. Second bet. Tyler Higby outscores Allen Robinson this week. Hmm. I don't want to do that just because you're, I I'm you're also him in a corner. <laughs> yeah, I'm also I'm I'm currently picking Tyler Higby as my streamer of the week. You know what I mean? Like, you know. What who's your tight end streamer? Evan Ingram. I'll bet you that Ooh, I, I most definitely prefer Tyler Higby to Evan Ingram. Though. All right, hold on. If I had the choice. Let me ask you a question. How about if I do tight end premium rules? No, I'm not betting Ingram against A-Rob. You should if you're not a bitch. <laughs> I'll do you're it. Matt, Matt's in. Let's do it. A-Rob versus... Uh, no, I, I legit will. In tight end, we're, gonna, we're going tight end premium, so yeah. A-Rob's stuck at half point, and I get a point per reception with Evan Ingram. I'll, I'll take that, because I already wrote uh, the article for Evan Ingram to be my sleeper this week in oh, our sleeper man. bust article. I wasn't thinking... I actually wasn't thinking that it was... I thought it was full PPR. 
But you know what? I'll give it nope. to you. I'll, like, I'll give it to you. DC yeah, store? No, I'll give it to you. I'll give it yeah, to you. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Tyler Higby, crazy usage, good offense, good matchup. Stream him this week. Uh, it's Michael. pretty simple, yeah. Yeah. Michael, who's, uh, tell us why Evan Ingram. Uh, why Evan Ingram? Because Evan Ingram has paid, played in 68 and 69% of the snaps, respectively, weeks one and week two. After a little bit of a down week one where he only saw um, a couple targets, he had eight targets in week two. 26.7% target share in a matchup where the uh their offense basically dominated the entire time. It was it was nice to see the Jaguars dominate for a change. Um the Lions have been putting up offensive numbers. The Jets just put up 30 plus in a comeback. It's a weird time in the NFL for teams that typically are bottom of the barrel offenses. But yeah, uh, Evan Ingram was super involved, seven catches, 46 yards. Basically swapped roles with Zay Jones. Um, and now they're going against the Chargers this week. As we know, like we said, um, the Chargers defense is stout, but I think uh, Evan Ingram as a safety blanket will help out Trevor Lawrence a bit. It's not like he's been a high depth of target guy. He only had 46 yards on his seven receptions last year, uh, excuse me, last week. And look, I'm not here saying Evan Ingram is going to be a top five tight end. I just think with the way the tight end landscape is these days, if you're guaranteed five plus targets and you have some um, appeal, to uh, find the end zone or put up five plus receptions, then you're certainly in streaming territory. Mike, were you jerking the mic off while you were talking just now? That's an odd question. Yo, fucking while you're talking, like yo, just stand still, be still. Um, I have it on the on the thing. You you were failing at keeping it at keeping it quiet. I was like, ling, 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 ling. his mic. Oh, it's behind <laughs> the scenes. All right, um, yep. Matt has to go. He has to do things. Yeah. So he is leaving us. <laughs> it's, uh, it's my girlfriend's birthday weekend, and I'm trying to prepare a, a nice full weekend for her and, and get the house cleaned and everything so that she is basically stress-free and able to relax and enjoy her last year of her 20s. Matt Ward, great guy, great analyst, great great partner. And you know what? Probably a great lover, too, if you can tell by the beard. Just, just put that out there. Just b- man with big beard, big heart. Hey, probably, now. Probably real tender. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, we're going to leave you. We're going to leave you with that. Matt, peace out. Tell, uh, peace. Thanks, tell your guys. girl I said what up. Um, Later, And Matt. happy birthday. Um, Michael, let's get into these Patreon questions, brother. You ready? Oh, yes. All right. Nick Lovin says, PPR, start to London, Garrett Wilson, DK, Hollywood. Oof, this one's a tough one. Oh, boy. I'm going to go with Hollywood and Garrett Wilson. How about you? I think, uh, oof. I have Hollywood, London, and Garrett Wilson all very, very similarly ranked. So, two, uh, two of those three. Definitely two of those three, but, you know, I think they're all very similarly ranked. So, whoever you feel out of those three. If you were making the decision, who would it be? You got You got to say something. You can't just come on, come on here. Yeah, I'd probably go Garrett Wilson and uh, I don't. I'm feeling both rookies right now. Garrett Wilson Oof. and Drake London over Hollywood. That's a hot take. Uh, half PPR start one. C E H or Miles Sanders. I like Miles Sanders this week. He was my tear up. Need a quarterback this week. Tua, Wentz, Fields, Jameis. Who are you riding with? Uh, Wentz, pretty. Pretty easily there to uh, against the Bills. I'm I'm not gonna ride with him there, even though he just had the monster game against the Ravens. Tuanon is out, and they are believing in the prophecies. Um, 
Have to start two. Curtis Samuel, DK Metcalf, Zeke, Adam Thielen, Chase Edmonds, Tyler Boyd. Half PPR. I think that let's get let's get the easy ones out first. Chase Edmonds, Tyler Boyd. You're not considering them. Curtis Samuel, DK, Zeke, Thielen. Start two. Oof, probably go. Uh, I'd probably go uh, Curtis Samuel and DK Metcalf. I was gonna think. I was thinking Dur- Curtis Samuel and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is in a really good matchup, and the the he's slot, looking a little washed though. He is. He is. All right, fine. I'll give you DK on this one. Fine. Um, keeping it going. Keeping it going. Keeping it going. Uh, Johnny says start sit two of three half PPR. Curtis Samuel, Drake London, Juju Smith Schuster. Oh, that's torture for me. Um, I I'd I'd start I'd oof, I'd probably sit Curtis Samuel there, but that's risky. Like the way we've seen, Juju would probably be the sit if you don't have the uh yeah if you don't have the balls. Yeah, to to start him over Samuel. These two rookies looked good, but they uh, I don't know. There's one of the those one is one of those things here that could be you're overthinking it and maybe just chasing points a little bit uh, with Juju. And you mentioned you love Juju so much, so it's going to be interesting. By the way, Gary and Ryan with the last questions, I uh, definitely want to shout them out. All right, let's get to Mr. – and that was uh, Johnny with the last one. Let's get to Big Will. Oh, no, we just did uh, – a lot of Garrett Wilson, Drake London questions. Um, Big Will says Drake London, Juju, Garrett Wilson – Basically the same question right, as right. the last one, except Curtis Samuel replace him with Garrett Wilson. Honestly, I have it. I'd probably have it. Drake London, uh, Garrett Wilson, Juju. All right, Michael. Contra- I, don't, I don't see why. I don't see why you shouldn't start London and Garrett Wilson at this point. All right, full PPR. This is from Kai TJ. Full PPR. Patterson or Brees Hall, um, and then flex. One of those running backs or Curtis Samuel, Hollywood, Juju. For me, I'm going Patterson, Samuel. Patterson, let's go Patterson, Hollywood. I think Hollywood has a good game this week. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you there. But again, these are some, you guys got good teams. Hey, hey, hey. You're <laughs> tough options. Patrons, baby. Um, Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins? I'm going with Kirk Cousins this week. Big Will. I'd probably go with Kirk. Yeah, give him. Let Russ prove himself a little bit, and it's a more difficult matchup against San Fran. Who's being who's being carted off in the Browns game right now? Um, not entirely sure. One of the uh, is that Najoku? No, oh. no, the defensive player. Oh, they're on defense. Oh, okay, okay. Najoku's um, been balling. He has been balling. That's why I didn't want to see him go down. I don't want to see anyone go down, but you know what I mean. All right, Izzy <laughs> says this one's interesting. Kyle Pitts or Tyler Higby? Full PPR. I'm starting Kyle Pitts. If you're not going to look, you've been riding with him the first two weeks. Now he gets a great matchup against Seattle. If he doesn't perform here, I'd be very concerned. But this is this is the spot where you play him. Christian Kirk or A-Rod? Or Allen Robinson? You said A-Rod. A-Rob. I mean A-Rob. A-Rob. I'd go with Kirk. I I like A-Rob there. As, my, as Kirk was my tier down and A-Rob was my tier up. Um, that that is the situation. All right, Sazon Goya says full PPR. Kittle or Higby? If Kittle's active, you play Kittle. It's it's that's a simple one. The thing is think. that Kittle plays in the late game, so it's like so you have to have a pivot. So it's either like taking a chance on Kittle and playing like Bellinger 
for, uh, or are you playing Higby and being safe? I think it depends on your I mean, team it's, makeup. It's, it's yeah, it's also Thursday, so let's see. Maybe they make an announcement um, earlier than game time in San Fran, but they are expecting him at this point to play this week. All right. Uh, would you guys? Uh, this is a trade offer. Would you guys trade T. Higgins for DJ Moore and Brandon Ayuk in a full PPR league? I'm going to no. stay put with T. Higgins there. Yeah. All right. That was from Sofo. Um, it looks like those are the. Oh wait, no. Uh, Mike Williams, Garrett Wilson, Rashad Bateman, DJ Moore start three or four. I think Mike Williams sit is more. Sit more. That's an easy one in my opinion. Sit DJ Moore. Yes. Oh how oh how the um. The mighty have fallen. That was from Piz243. All right. Thank you so much to our patrons for the uh, Star Sick questions. We also accidentally answered a bunch of Star Sick questions without the thinking in the in the patrons. So uh, Discord, uh, patreon.com slash Fantasy to support and become part of the Discord. Let's get into the recap of the Unlimited League. Last week uh, was an interesting week uh, for sure in the Unlimited League. Uh, right now, the way that the league is matching up, uh, the way the league is is Tua B or Tua not to be, which is Piz243, the guy who just talked to us. Uh, he is in first place, uh, followed by Hertz Alerts, Team AQ Cactus, and Farmer John. Uh, those are the top four in the league. Let's get into these matchups. Uh, this How week, many undefeated teams do you have remaining in that bad boy? We have two, 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 uh, five. Uh, Lawrence and Order, Mullen, 1031. Um, the five, so we have five. How many do you have, Michael? Um, let me, let me get the team. And we also have one, one, two, three, four, five people who don't have a win at all. So yeah, that makes we sense. We only have, uh, four, four, two and O teams and we have four O and two teams. All right. So right now we have a, um, we have some showdowns in this league, uh, at the moment, um, Trying to find the best showdown of the week. Here we go. Uh, the two and four go at each other. AQ Cactus versus Lawrence and Order. Um, they are both two and zero. Oh. Lawrence and Order starting Jonathan Taylor, CD Lamb, Saquon Barkley, Amari Cooper, who's having a game so far. Tyler uh, eh, eh, four 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 of six for thirty five yards and a touchdown in a game. Tyler Boyd, Gerald Everett, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones. Um, eh. In my opinion, uh, not the greatest, not the greatest team in the world, um, but still uh, a, obviously a contender. He's two and zero. On the other side, Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, Jalen Waddle, Michael Thomas, Michael Carter, Cordero Patterson, Kyler Murray, and Matt Ryan um, by Team AQ Cactus. Michael, who are you giving the edge to in this matchup? The Cactus side by a hair. Oh, that's so. You have Cactus going to be the last remaining three and O team. Um, if the other three and O's don't win, I'm playing. <coughs> my terrible team is playing a two and O, Johnny Bravo. But I'm gonna cut myself off here because my uh, my sickness has gotten progressively worse. Michael, why don't you talk about the slightly <laughs> unlimited bald and then we'll and then we'll sign off. Yeah, sure. The slightly unlimited uh, bald league here. Um, in first place, two and O team Jerk C. In second place. KV from BK, also undefeated. We got JRXDD in third place, undefeated. And then Matt, Matt Ward, Psych Ward FF in fourth, um, also undefeated. We got a, several one on one teams, including myself, um, Eagle 2080, Rune, thanks, Zeke, C. Pilkington. Um, last place team, shout out to Gary Urban, Alex, Alex the Great, 
Nick Lovin and Gianluca Martini, the teams who are uh, <laughs> the teams who are zero and two. I'm sorry, but I had to do it to you. Very interesting matchup, though, Tim. Already with two two and zero teams, first and second, we got a first place and second place matchup here. So we got Drip C playing Team KV from BK um, to see who stays in first place, number one versus number two. Tim, I want you to tell me which team you think has the edge here. All right, let's do um, it. Team Dripsy has Nick Chubb, so not a not a great start so far, just 5.8 points. Debo Samuel, CEH, Amon Ra, Irv Smith, Russell Gage, Lamar Jackson, and Jimmy G. Okay, that's a good and then squad. Team, team KV from BK with the full squad of Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Jerry Judy, Cordero Patterson, Tony Pollard, Brandon Ayuk, Josh Allen, and Derek Carr. Oof. I think I give Kev from PK the slight, slight edge. Slight, I was just thinking that too. Slight edge, uh, but it's gonna be a close match. But I don't, I don't love Irv Smith. I think that's where I'm, my, uh, if I had to give an advantage, I think that that's the that's the position. Yeah. And also, just you can't get enough of, can't get enough Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a giant, giant, uh, definitely worth the number one pick in superflex leagues. All right, yeah. with that the third, oh. uh, I just want to add the the third and fourth place teams, Jr. XDD and Matt. Um, not the most points for and about the lowest points against, so a little bit lucky. How about you guys prove me wrong this week and get a get another win, guys? But I'm I'm coming for you. I'm uh, I'm one and one. If I get a win here, I'm uh, about even with them in points. So we'll see how it goes this week. My team is big time trash. Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Matt at Psych Ward FF. You can find Cass at Brodo FF Casanova and Jason at Brodo FF Jason. Um, shout out to Jason just for being Jason. Miss, miss you, bro. Um, what else? BrotoFantasy.com, patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy, the fantasy football by Broto app. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go blow my nose a hundred thousand times again and, uh, hope I get better. Peace. That sounds fun. Later. Oh, Michael, before, before I go, uh, there's something that I, I really, 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 really wanted to ask you. Um, what is your opinion on... When a waiter comes to a table and gives you like, and and does your pepper for you, and then it's kind of like for me it's kind of awkward. Like yo, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to just do my own pepper. Like give me the fucking pepper thing. What's your thoughts on on the pepper? Pepper my food, dog. <laughs>